This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would never, ever mention the VAR. And so, and so the season ends where it began, Chelsea conceding four to a team who have more supporters around the world than they do in their own town. Now, Chelsea's season ended with the 4-1 defeat to Bayern Munich in the Champions League, but in truth, it was not the thrashing many of us had feared. And let's face it, considering the makeshift team Frank had to put out, it could have been a lot worse. 7-2 at home, anyone? Anyway, VAR conspired with Lewandowski to put us 1-0 down after just eight minutes and later disallowed a Hudson-Odoi screamer. But at 2-0 down, Chelsea did not cave in. They actually got a goal back and looked dangerous in spells. But as usual, it was our incompetent defence and continual errors that were ruthlessly exposed by a very good Bayern team. No disgrace losing to them, although the taste is still bitter. And not as, not as in bitter schweiny. Anyway, onwards and upwards to next season. Forza Frankie and... Don't mention the VAR! Chelsea fancast number 517 and on this what I have to say is it's like you know sultry ain't the word but I mean JK's got a nice Caribbean image behind him with a nice breeze right here it's like the Caribbean weather without the breeze but how are you dear heart are you well how very sweet of you to mention my background which is is uh, is helping me relax it's helping me feel feel in in the in the mood for the the show as if i'm actually in the bahamas it is it's that hot. it's all in it mate it is all oh, mate i am melting i have yeah i've got through a t-shirt and a pair of shorts earlier on um uh sounds rather disgusting i didn't mean it like that i mean i've got, it got a bit and, got and a, a box bit, of kleenex it, it, funny enough yes but yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
That was for, for mopping, mopping my my fevered of brow. Of course, I uh, no, no no other purpose was was no, insinuated yeah, whatsoever. Of course, it would it would not have been. But how lovely to be on the show with with excellent esteemed, um, brained, fish eating people who just know so yeah. much about uh, about our club. Got the so academy products will, on tonight. We have who you will yeah. uh, introduce now. Shall I? Can you? Yeah. Would you? Am I allowed? Is that okay? Yeah. Go on. Then. You sure? All right. I'm going to do it. Okay, we have, as Jonathan has trailed and teased, as he so often does, the absolutely wonderful, the uh, the main, dare I say, only writer of the wonderful website is that is Ch- that Chelsea uh, Chelsea Fancast. I mean, you know, I can't even say it. That I write for it. ChelseaFancast.com, The wonderful Dean Mears. Evening, Chips. How you doing? I'm all right, matey. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good. Uh, looking forward to tonight, are you? Uh, yeah, despite the um, the game we're going to talk about. Which yeah. Is- Good, good. That's what I that's what I like to hear. And last but by no means least, the uh, I mean we've actually got. Um, I mean you know I, I couldn't call them staff because I don't pay them obviously, but probably the only two people in the whole organisation actually do any work for Chelsea Fancast really, Jonathan, because the other one is the wonderful Dane Whittle, who of course heads up, looks after, does everything for our Instagram account. Hello, Dane. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's well on this hot evening. Uh it may I'm melting, as you can tell. My brain is f- melting, a bit like some kind of yeah. Marvel comic movie s- special it is, effect. It is a hot one. It is a hot one. It's hard to uh, just. It's, I can't describe what it's like just looking at Jonathan. I'll tell you what. I have to keep on putting my mic on mute. He just has me in tears. So that doesn't help. I've already got sweat running down my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> tears from my eyes from just seeing Jonathan and his it's, facial expressions. On... It's oh, you dear chap. It's, it's the palm. The palm tree is helping. <laughs> The palm tree helps, though, doesn't it? It does help. It's basically, Can I just say, yes. what's interesting is that the, these two are the future. Yeah. This, is, could be, this could be the Chelsea. You could both be running the fan cast in about five years. Well, actually, well, I've we've got, got an announcement to make that uh, as this is the last show of the season, me and Jonathan actually are retiring uh, after yeah. this show. <laughs> and uh, it'll, be, it'll be Dane and Dean organising the rabble from now on. So there we go. I'm off then. Bye then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Nice to have a planning, Dean. <laughs> Oh, you, could call it, you could call it Double D. You could. You? Yeah. Yeah, double you could. D C F C. Yeah, you but could people call... might tune in and expect something else. They but might. They might. Yeah. Let, let them. Let them do that if that's the way their minds want to go. Yeah, thirty-six Double D, something like that. Anyway, uh, uh, moving swiftly. It doesn't take long for this whole thing, does it, to descend into chaos? We're we're yet five minutes in, and there we already are now. Uh, we have got actually loads to talk about on the show. We've only got one game to cover. Um, but uh, after the last m- madness of the last kind of eight weeks, that's a blessing in disguise. Uh, so on the show tonight, we discuss defensive errors costing us again, VAR ruining football again, Tammy getting on the score sheet, and who else came out of it with any credit? In part two, we muse on the fact that it was a good effort in a tough situation with Bayern perhaps the standard to which we should aspire. But how? Is it as simple as replacing the defence? We need goals from midfield and a spine in the team with leaders, surely. And in part three, we round up by saying Obrigado, William, e adios, as the number 10 with the Brazilian Afro finally announces his departure after seven years. And to wrap all of that up, we discuss our final thoughts on the season. And in part four, of course, as we always do, we end with your emails. Loads, as always, to get through. Now, don't forget, of course, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. 
uh, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in all the chat uh, by posting on the live chat page. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I haven't actually looked to see who's in. Loads of them. God, they're all in tonight. Albert the second, Andrew Self. Chris M23, Planet Earth is Blue, who sent me happy birthday last week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Austin TX Blue, Kev M, Bet, Bet, is, Bet is Boy, something like that. Kurt, Jonathan Perez, your mates in tonight. Uh, JK, Michael Gibbon, Hello, the lovely Jonathan. Claire McConnell, Alistair. Oh, there's so many. Thank you, Yaren Levy. They're all in tonight. Really good to see you all. Uh, you know, especially as this is the kind of the last. Maybe it's because it's the last proper match of the season. I don't know. But anyway, um, so uh, without much further ado, after this tiny little break, we will start talking about the match. Okay, so uh, last match of the season to talk about. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Even though it was a thumping, really, in some respects. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this, possibly because it's the last time I'm going to get to talk about, you know, current football for, I would say, about a month, really. So I'm going to savour every minute of this show tonight. Uh, now, um, Obviously, we lost 4-1, you know, we know all about that. But uh, I'm going to start going a bit kind of all over the place, really. But I'm going to start with um, the defensive errors again, because um, I'd like to get the negative out of the way first, as it were. I mean, this is nothing new in this. We see it pretty much every week. Um, and, and I think the three points, I, I, what I want to pick up on here is, is, is several fold. One is, you know, you may love him or loathe him, but... Uh, you know, Rio Ferdinand was a very, very, very good defender in his time. And I I actually respect, you know, if he's talking about defences, I'm, I'm going to listen to him, all right? The other person I'm going to listen to is Jason Cundy. Uh, not quite as good a defender as Rio, it has to be said. Uh, but he was a centre-back. And I got to talk to Jason on Friday on, on Talk Sport. And, you know, he was on great form, actually. I had Mickey Gray on with him. And, uh, you know, he was incredibly candid, as I was, about the defence. But... He he thinks that basically Rudiger, Zuma and Christian are all absolutely Christensen are all absolutely shit. So that was Cundy's view, and he thinks they've all got to go, which I was really quite you know. I thought shit, mate, that is forthcoming. But what Rio said, I thought was fascinating. I'm going to just summarise what he said, and then we can talk about it. But he said the lack of communication among the defenders and the midfielders is, is alarming, and that was Tiliso's goal that he was talking about. He said that Christensen has absolutely zero awareness uh, for the first goal, which I know was a penalty where where Willie brings Lewandowski down. But the through ball that went between the lines, he said he couldn't believe. You know, Lewandowski is probably the best striker in the world. He scored something like 52 goals this season. He said if you're a central defender... You should be always looking to see where he is because you know he's the big threat. And Christensen was like, away with the fairies, mate. Pitiful. Um, And the other thing that he mentioned, which I thought was a really salient point and makes me almost forgive us for talking about this every week because there's a reason why we talk about it every week because Chelsea's defenders make the same mistakes over and over and over again. 
every game. And that's what he was saying. He says he can't understand. He said when he was a player, he would listen to people and he would try and learn. You make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Christ, I've made a few. You know, but you try and learn. And he says what he can't understand is why they keep making mistakes. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Jonathan, I know you, you will have so much to say about this, but I'm going to start in reverse order tonight. I'm going to start with Dane first, then Dean, and then go to you, my old friend, because I think it would be good for to, like, kind of, you know, have a full throttle. Like, I'm going to kind of like steaming you up, really, Jonathan. I'm kind of stoking you up for a massive what rant on this. What if I'm a major disappointment? What? What? What if I'm a major disappointment? Well, I, I'll learn to live what with it, mate. they say it all? What if they break No, suck? because they won't. They won't, mate. And I, I, I shall learn to live with it if it is. Pressure's but I, on you guys now. Yeah, pr- no pressure then, Dane. You kick off first. You were nodding with a lot of what I said there. Oh, yeah, absolute agreement. It's the same same signs every time. It, it's, it's really worrying because they do not seem to be learning from anything. You know, not picking up men, lack of concentration. There's no leadership in the defence. There's no guidance. I know sometimes the midfield doesn't help because whether it's Cover, Jorginho or Conte in that defensive, they all send, tend to get attracted to the ball and they leave a gap in behind. But, yeah, I think Rio's right. Those And Jason, sorry, you said those three centre-backs. Unless we... Are we going to go and buy this, you know, this massive big 70 million centre-back? We're being linked to John Stones. Are you, no, you might no, think it's no, funny. No, no. Yeah, I know, I know. That's, Never, that's please, not... Dave, no, please, please. I, I'm not saying I want him. I think he's no, too similar no, to... Christian, somebody so. made it up. It's made up. Oh, Why would we buy him? Why? But you know the worrying thing is, I still think to this day, and I'm, I'm, I'll take Dave out of this, this season, Tamori has had better defensive displays than Christensen, Venzuma and Rudiger. For some reason... I've, ever since the Bournemouth game where he didn't have a good game, he hasn't been seen again. You hear rumours about him off the field enjoying life. I don't know. But he's not getting a looking for some reason. But I think when it started on, when he came in against Sheffield United, from then on, he did look really good. Away at Ajax, probably one of our best defensive displays of the season. And he was he was instrumental to that. It's worrying how they think they're going to, if they can bring in transfers and completely it's going to change and everything's going to be fine. So then, Dean, your turn. Uh, yeah, I agree with Jason Cundy that all three ain't good enough. <laughs> three of them. Um, but, you know, I think there's there's got to be something that they're not doing right in training. Um, these things are basic Sunday league level. Like follow your man, tell your next defender that there's a man behind him, talking to each other throughout the game. The, the three header where they're all out of position and there's a spare man coming in to score the goal. You know, nobody there in that line of three defenders is saying anything to each other. Maybe they're saying that they can look at, you know, defensively. You know, you've got managers who aren't respected in the game, like Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis, who make their team difficult to beat and good at defending. But we can't seem to do that with conceding the same goals we did on the first day of the season as we are. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. In the Champions League. You know, we haven't learned anything all season long. Yeah. yeah. You know, the players aren't good enough. You know, Frank's only got them players to pick, unfortunately. But, you know, I think there is an aspect of there's something missing in training that isn't quite working and maybe they need a fresh pair of eyes there. I was just going to say, just to pick up on a, on a couple of points that you're making before I bring Jonathan in, but, you know, another thing that Rio said, actually, which I think is a criticism of often levelled, actually, at Frank and Jody about they're chopping and changing the defenders all the time and that can't do anything anybody any good. And actually, Rio said that. He said that, you know... 
when he was defending, it was much better if you had an established centre-back pairing. And, you know, it all works symbiotically and it's really helpful. I think Frank's problem, and I think, you know, you can level that criticism at him fairly, actually. But I think his problem is, is that, you know, every time he tries to do that, they play so badly that he just thinks, I can't, I've got to, I've got to try another partnership, you know. And I think this has happened all season. But anyway, Jonathan, you've you've now had a few minutes to brood, seethe, stoke yourself up for the long run i haven't been brooding or seething i mean I, I, what what dean said was was absolutely relevant you know all the the errors we made in the cup final were the same as the errors we made against united at the beginning of the season which is a ball pumped down the pitch we can't get to and somebody scores on the breakaway so i have to say i do it's a question of what the yardstick is in this instance we've sort of been coping with watching them play watching them play with no crowds in the premier league and teams are and we tend to evaluate them against the team we're playing against and we play quite well and we think, yeah, they're a good side. Then you play against somebody like Bayern who are absolutely out of this world in comparison with us. I mean, the it's embarrassing for me. You just look at the the, the type of player they've got and it's it's no use looking at our bench and saying, oh, we have earlier in the season, oh, it's quite a good bench. Everybody has to be playing uh, out of their skin for it to be quite a, a good bench. It makes you evaluate who is actually a proper player in our in our squad and even some of the players we think oh they're pretty good when they are up against Bayern or the standard of a team like Bayern an elite team likely to win the Champions League top four in the in the world um, we come a very long way away and everybody is found out as we were again we were found out more in the home leg I, I'm afraid I didn't find anything. I got nothing positive from that game at all. I just thought it was, as we suspected, it was it was a drubbing. They they didn't have. Well, I don't I don't agree with that. Well, I don't agree. Well, no, no, because I I don't think it. You know, I think it could have been. I think given the fact that we had um, seven first team regulars out. Right. Given the fact that we were already 3-0 down, so the tie was lost, it's hard to get yourself up for that. I know the professional footballers, I know Frank would have gone up for it, but I'm a, th- I'm a psychotherapist. I'm telling you, psychologically, that is not easy. And I think, I think, like I said in the intro, I, I had to say, I, fear, I feared the worst when that penalty went in on seven, eight minutes. I thought, oh my Christ, we could get right humped tonight. And then they let the second one in. I, I, I forget when that went in now, but um, we did get back into the game. I mean, actually, it's a good segue, J.K. You're on fire as always because this relates to the to the VARs, doesn't it? I mean, uh, I'll, I'll talk about Lewandowski's in a minute, but you know, Hudson Odoi scores an absolutely cracking goal for it to be ruled out because apparently Tammy's ankle was offside in the build-up, which is just fucking nuts. Um, so, you know, we were 2-1. I mean, as it happens, Tammy does get a goal and we do get 2-1. And I thought we did make a few chances. But, I mean, the bottom line is they're a very good side, as you said. Yeah, but but, but I, I honestly think, I suppose this is it's a different question, isn't it? I'm giving you a different answer. Because to me, for us to be elite and to challenge, we, you know, that guy, for example, Pirasic, who was playing for them, who'd been playing for Mil- Inter Milan, had a wonderful World Cup. And they, they, they bought him that we, we don't appear to be in any situation where we can do that anymore. You see a player be wonderful in the World Cup and you buy them. That's not, not happening. Or in the, on the, in the well, yeah, but you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I think the point here, what you're saying, Jonathan, is that I'm a Chelsea fan and I'm really 
just mortified and disillusioned when I see us play a team like Bayern Munich, who are a team replete with really good quality players, world-class players, and we are miles away from them. Hang on. There's a reason for that, and you actually, I think, maybe unwittingly described it. Our transfer policy over the past, past five years has yeah, yeah. been laughable. No, no, I'm, I'm about to say that. I was about to say right. that. It, in, it has been a, an absolute appalling performance by the board. Now, there are other mitigating circumstances, like Conte wanted all his players, as we've established, and, and the board wouldn't give them because of this policy, which William has fallen foul of, which is they will not give uh, long-term contracts to players over 30. And so, so as a consequence, we got the stupidity of Zappacosta, we got the stupidity of Drinkwater, because Conte had disappeared. because he Emerson. Was, he, he wanted, and Emerson, had to resign. Backy, say, OK. Emerson, Emerson had a decentish game. He actually got forward and crossed the ball a but couple the, of times, just, just, just to, he hasn't been doing. But he hasn't been committed to the club at all. It's absolutely but obvious. Just, just to butt in for a second, those yeah, yeah. three players, or I mean, you know, let, let's talk about Bakayoko. He had a yeah, but he had a very good season in the Champions League for Monaco when we bought him, and that's what I'm saying. We were buying potential, and Bayern were buying the finished product. The finished product, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the difference, isn't it? Well, because potential actually, doesn't always come through. With, you made a mistake with Bakio. I've got um, uh, my my spy in. Monaco. Yeah, well, that's semantics, it's, really. It's a good illustrative point. It's semantics. Yeah, yeah. It's a good illustrative yeah. point. No, no, no. But I, I agree. But I'm, what I'm saying is that in, in in reality, what what they made a mistake. Somebody, a scout, made a mistake with Bakayoko because all the other players around him were the players who were the yeah. better players. I'm, I'm, and I don't was, doubt and, that. And, and he was just somehow hanging on by his coattails. Well, let, let's once again. One can only. I mean, this is obviously for later on in the show. But what one one would hope for getting back to what we're talking about with the three the three defenders. Yes, all of them should go. Absolutely agree with 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 Dean and Jason and and, and Dane. They should all um, they should all be, be that somehow there should be at least five defensive replacements, but they need to be all world class. Well, if you want to compete to the level with Bayern, yeah, you, you do. Right, I'm I'm, I'm going to move this. I want to talk about this VAR because otherwise it renders yeah. the title of this show utterly meaningless. Which I have to say is a very witty title. Well, thank you. But um, some may say that the meaning of this show is utterly meaningless anyway. But yes, that, that that's a moot point. But um, Dane, I mean, you know. I, I look. I accept that apparently both decisions were, you know, the correct decisions through VAR. My, what I've got the hump about is why weren't they shown? Yeah, yeah. I remember at the time I was having a little bit of a whinge about Hudson Odoi, and then he put that in. The I know. Corner. Just think what difference that would have made to his season. I know. It was so frustrating because you know that's what I want to see. I I wanted to see him do that. I want to see him take on more players, which I don't think he he does. And I, I was still celebrating, like shouting to my sons who have been having a discussion about, it. and it was so frustrating. It even thought for ten minutes it took us to work out. But the goal, why was the goal? And I think one of the co-commentators might have said, I think Tammy Abraham was offside. It was partial because us as fans, you know, we're part of the experience, the viewing experience. Oh, you need absolutely. to tell us. You need to tell us. We've just busted a gut show jumping us. up in the air. And show us. Yeah, you know, it's so freaking frustrating. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Dean, would you uh, agree with that? I would. But, you know, as match-going supporters when we're allowed... I think we should be quite pleased that they're messing this up and the experience is so bad. Because if it was something good, they wouldn't worry about us going back. They'd have this whole package that they could offer us through the TV. So the fact that they still can't get that right, I think we need to take a little bit of joy from that. 
Dean, you, that's a that is a brilliant point. Well done. I hadn't thought of that. Do you got anything to say about the VAR? Oops, JK smashing the microphone. Well, no, absolutely. What Dean said. It, it, we're we're the we're we're one of the main people to be watching it. It's not entirely for the referees and the players. We need to see it happen in the in the cup final the other day with the handball, the goalie's handball. He makes a decision and it's not shown. We need to see it. We've got to be. If the it doesn't matter that they've it, they've come to a quick decision. We have to see it. It's a contentious moment. It's about we're, we're viewing it. We're part of the process. You know, particularly if we're only now going to watch it on TV. Can we use the TV, please? Can we use the replays? Yeah. Can we see them? Well, that's, I mean, it's absolutely essential. The, the interesting point Dean, Dean's kind of alluding to in his wonderfully understated way, but he's right. I remember earlier on in the season, we were all steamed up as match-going fans because we were the last to know what was going on, and we were saying, "Oh, it's all designed for the bloody TV armchair fans." They all, you know, and actually now we're all armchair fans. They've decided to just mug us all off. Classic, isn't it? Um, Kurt on Mixler says something interesting. He says, fact is, VAR really benefits some teams and works against others. Sometimes it's hard to believe it's not a setup or a rig up. I think he, he might have a point there. But uh, um, just want to, I mean, you know, apart from Hudson Adoy's kind of, uh, you know, uh, disallowed goal, we did have other moments in the game. And I'm, I'm going to stand by my assertion that this was not the horror show that I had, you know, secretly kind of expected and uh tammy tammy got a good goal uh dane didn't he yeah i remember I, proper I striker's I goal watch, striker's goal i watch, thought yeah watching the same sort of program as you because alan uh no uh, gary linnickel was talking to rio about it and saying well tammy didn't move he could have been left or right and then rio was like well if he did move then he wouldn't have been in the uh, position to score the goal but, i mean how how dare linnickel say that a man who spent his entire career camped on the six yard line waiting for tappings yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, he was he was known for it. You know, I I, I thought it was a good goal. I, I I was I was a little bit frustrated. Obviously, once we found out that it was uh, Tammy's fault for being offside, then another debate started in our house about how many times he has been offside this season. But you know, for his first season, I think it's a remarkable effort. Eighteen goals in all competitions. You got to remember as well. He he would have had to have changed his mindset. No matter what player says, oh, I've got ambitions to make it at Chelsea before Frank. None of them was going to make it. They wouldn't have been given a chance. Frank's come, so then it becomes believable. They're all getting a chance. So for him to come in, be given a chance by Frank, and to get 18 goals, I think, you know, I think he, we should be excited about his future for us. Still got a lot to learn. but I think that's a really good point, actually, Dane. And Dean, I mean, 18, we should say this, 18 and 33. So that's better than one in two. And one in two is what you expect of, you know, I mean, exceptional strikers get one in about like 1.3, like Jimmy Grease. So getting better than one in two is good by anybody's standards. Um, and I think Dane's point is really interesting, Dean, because, you know, I remember, um, and this is something we'll probably talk a little bit about on next week's show, but, you know, I, I heard loads of people saying at the beginning of the season, oh, you know, he's a championship player, won't be able to do it in the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. So 18 and 33... Chelsea's top scorer. I mean, you know, what more could you ask for, Dean? Don't say more goals. <laughs> yeah, he's had um, a good goal-scoring season. For me, he's not a first-choice elite-level striker. Is that ever or yet? Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of you know time. Because I think um, that's fair enough. Um, you know, I don't think he's improved his overall game that much this season. You know, I thought he was quite lazy against Bayern in many respects you know why, why so there was a moment where you know Hudson Adoy's goal he's not up with the line quick enough there was another moment where uh, Kovacic broke through from the defence midfield and he's offside to Kovacic hasn't got a pass 
you need your centre forward in a situation like that to be absolutely running through brick walls for, for the team and you know being available, being an option. For me, he wasn't that. And just before he scored, I was on Twitter telling Frank to get him off. And the fact that he stood still. Were you me, managing from your armchair, Dean? Well, someone's got it. <laughs> I'm afraid I agree with Dean completely. And I think, but the thing to remember, though, he was absolutely fantastic at the beginning of the season. But they were playing a different form. They were playing a much quicker style, and yeah. which we we seem to have gone through various stages this season. He's playing. a striker to play on the break, isn't he, mate? Yeah. Well, he he he, he seemed to make many more moves. All the things Dean was talking about, he was doing instinctively earlier on, and he now seems to have just become just uh, just rigid, just uh, stuck. Dane, Dane. Yeah, I, I, I can see where, obviously, where Jonathan and Dean are coming from. So I looked into it more and I ooh, thought, ooh, you know... Homework? Yeah, I thought, let me look that's at... A, the, that's, the... that's banned on the fan cars, Dane. What's, what's thought, going on? Well, I was interested and a bit bored. <laughs> uh, I thought, let me look at the established strikers who scored more than him this season and where they were at the age of 22. Good man. Vardy was playing in the Northern Premier League with Halifax Town <laughs> 20, at, at 22. Great Abana team. Yang, Abamyang had just gone on his fourth loan to St Etienne. AC Milan owned him. This was his fourth loan, which was quite a good loan. He ended up signing for them permanently. Uh, Danny Ings was his first season in the Premier League as well. He banged in 10 goals with Burnley. Sterling is a different kettle of fish because although he only got 10, 10 goals at Man City in his second season, he was, he was a winger, but the potential was there and he was obviously on the left not central and Salah was was playing really well for Basel which made us sign him but even this season Tammy has a better goals per game record than Salah you know he scores a goal every 164 minutes compared to Salah's 168 and although I agree with Jonathan and Dean at the age of 22 I'm willing just to like Hudson Odoi just to wait till next season and then I'll really cast a judgment but on will it. Will he get in next season if we've got Werner and, and Giroud is, is not going to take a back seat. Or depending on the way that Frank plays. Can I just make a point about Frank a moment? Uh, I think what you said... Frank earlier, a moment? Who's he? Uh, Frank a moment. I don't know. I just invented <laughs> If If uh, Frank a moment. Um, Frank a moment. Anyway, enough. Um, we need, we if, need T-shirts. Frank moments. A Frank moment. Frank moment. Oh, God. Um <laughs> I've got an idea of I put him off yeah, I'm, I'm still trying. I, I, we get there in the large, end. A large sausage. <laughs> you want to speak about Frank? Frank, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I, I think this whole process, this business we were talking about, I, he got off earlier in the conversation because um, the fact that we're making the same errors uh, is a managerial problem and a managerial and coaching problem. No, it's not. I think, yes, I think it is. I think it is because not solely. It, no, it, it's also to do with the it's to do with the players, but it's also to do with the with the fact that they can't seem to get them to to make to, to not make the same. Have you ever worked with really stupid people? Yes, constantly. Have you ever but tried I, to manage them? You can't. Well, therefore, therefore they shouldn't be playing. But he's stuck, isn't but he? He's, exactly. There we go right back to where we, we always. Right yeah. However, exactly. However, I I do think there are certain things that they failed to do that surely they could have stopped them. They could have coached them. Those free kicks whipped in. The corners. Ye gods, what was the matter with them? I know we had William doing it all the time, but um, they still can't get it right. And they still are. That shouldn't be happening in a Premier League side, top four Premier League side. They shouldn't be making the same errors 
from from dead ball situations. For goodness sake, there should be somebody coaching that, just working it out. I mean, it hasn't helped that there hasn't been a dominant goalkeeper. I suppose when you get round to it, in the end, you just think, OK, it's the players. But they must set something up. You know, as you said earlier, Allardyce, they're, they're not capable of, of, of managing any creativity, but very capable of managing... Actually, probably Bolton fans would disagree with me because when, when Bolton had a few decent, like a Kotcher, decent players, they weren't a bad side, but it was based heavily on defence. If the fact you can make rather Neanderthal... Um, non-creative players into excellent centre-halves. Surely they could make Rudiger, Zuma and Christensen well, I think, into better players. I think in a, in a sense what you're saying is, and I think maybe if, if we are to level a criticism, you know, what Frank is doing is he's trying to play a certain way and and yeah. you know he wants Chelsea to be on the frame. You know he's got he's got a game plan as to how he wants his side to play, all, all but he's trying to do it with players that are not capable. I mean, I hate to say this, Dean's going to be absolutely laughing his cock off when I say this. This sounds very redolent of last season, doesn't it, Dean? When I used to moan about it all the time, what a hypocrite I am! Not my because it's Frank Lampard. <laughs> now listen, so I want. I'll just point, just one more point. Very go quickly. on. So it was interesting watching Neuer, and Neuer played a large amount of that game not further than the edge of his penalty area. He pushed up so much. They've got so much faith in the defence. But he is an unbelievably vocal organising because he's the captain. And it, that should be the kind of, of reference. It should be the uh, um, the benchmark for what kind of goalkeeper you need instead of the, the diminutive non-personality person who I don't think is ever going to play for us again. I just want to go I want to go back to your point about um Tammy and uh and and you know the I think you're right I think he was very very good at the beginning of the season but I think it's because Tammy is a you know you and I grew up with this mate come on of all the people on the show tonight you and I really have no excuses here because we've we grew up watching strikers who basically I mean Kerry was like this on the shoulder of the last defender all the time just looking looking for that through ball to run onto it because they could burn them for pace and then what's happened in the latter part of the season? And I, 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 I don't know the answer to this because there is a sense to me that, um, you know, if you think about some of the managers that we've had at Chelsea recently who have have tried to instill almost this robotic way of playing. And, and I, you know, again, being a, a psychotherapist, I know that, you know, things like brain muscle memory can come into this, but... There are moments this season, and perhaps progressively this season, where they almost revert back to that kind of type, which is the short passing, sideways passing, slow build-up, too much fecking tick-attack around the box, trying to create the perfect goal. And poor old Tammy, you see him, he's, he's like, he's, he, you, know, you know, I mean, I don't know if we've all had dogs on this show, but if you want to have a bit of fun and mess with the dog's head you, you you have a ball and you're always pretending to throw it and the poor dog's kind of leaping off in a direction because he's expecting the ball to go there and it doesn't go because you've still got it in your hand and you're laughing that's like tammy in the penalty area he doesn't know where to run to because you know is the pass coming oh no it's gone sideways again is the pass coming forward oh no it's gone backwards oh is the pass coming oh no somebody decided to take some i have an element of sympathy with him but of course the interesting thing is an experienced striker like Giroud, will be part of that build-up in a way that I don't think Tammy is. I think he'll get better. I think if he learns and he develops his game, he'll be able to play more than one way. 
but there's no doubt in my mind you know that his his strength is to run off the last shoulder of the defender and we haven't played to that in my view right i'm going to i'm going to move on i just just kind of wrap it up really it's kind of a good place to wrap it up um because i think actually i've answered the question already i i think tammy does come out with a bit of credit from the game uh against bayern i have to be really honest i'm not sure if too many others do dean do they i mean is that a bit unfair um, I would say probably Reese James had quite a decent game against Alfonso Davis. You know, a tough, tough um, player to play against with his pace. Yeah, he, he stopped him from playing, top. didn't he, Dean? He stopped him yeah. from playing, actually. So I think he had a quite good game. And I thought Kovacic had a, a decent enough game in midfield. I don't think he was helped by Barkley was anonymous and Kante's clearly not fully fit. Um, so he's sort of playing on his own. You know, aside from that, now... And uh, Hudson Odoi, you know, where you're chasing the ball so much. I, 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 yeah. I don't think Mount and Hudson Odoi had much of a chance. They couldn't get the ball. And I thought actually Bayern were very smart. They did a number on Mount. They gave him absolutely. I mean, the one time he got through was when he shot against the keeper, which was, you know, a good half chance. But I thought, you know, they did a number on him. They thought, oh, he's a really, he's a good player. We'll sit on him. And they took him out of the game. Um, Dane, anybody come out of it with credit? I agree with Reese James, and uh, yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Mason. I think, like Dave, his he's been played in quite a few positions, and I don't know who people are comparing him to or what people want from him because I don't understand the criticism he gets. The one criticism I give him is is when that instinct takes him into the box. If the ball goes wide, if he's still decided I'm going to have a sh- shot, he still does it from a stupid angle. But apart from that, I thought. I thought he did well. He was doing a lot of chasing. I thought he, you know, he had Kimmich on one side, and then sometimes him and Callum swapped, and he had Davies and him and Reese were trying to do a number on him. I thought Emerson attacking wise was 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 good as well. Uh, he was better better than usual. Yeah, he the ball back a lot. I mean, he, he Frank obviously good. doesn't rate yeah. him, and we he, he's been trying to leave since October. So, I, yeah. I, well, one hopes with you look through the number of players that they're going to get rid of, you would hope that Emerson. Emerson doesn't want to be in England. He wants to be in Italy. So, but I think the Jorginho situation is difficult now that Sarri's been sacked. So it'll be interesting to see because I don't think Jorginho fits into the uh, to Frank's setup either. No, he's but, so well respected in Italy, though. You think yeah, someone else might take somebody will come in absolutely, or Spain maybe, mm, or City even. I mean, I, weirdly, I thought Emerson had quite a good game, even he though did. he's rubbish and he doesn't he want to be hungry. there. He looked very hungry. Yeah. Needs a he move. Did. Well, I thought that was the best game he'd had, bizarrely. Yeah, but you yeah. wonder whether it was shop window time. Maybe, you know? maybe. And anybody else, JK, who you thought did all right under the circumstances? Nah. <laughs> you are such a happy old sod, aren't you? I thought it was dreadful. You're a I miserable old sod. Well, I'm not a miserable old sod. I'm, I'm. You know, we, it, we've got to now. It, it's a, it's these are wake up calls. These are these are aspira- our aspirations are for. Um, Back to where we were in eight years, they've maintained the standard, and we've gone right down. Yeah, I we but we but we know, we know this. That. I know that. We I know, knew but just, all this. It irritates the fuck out of me. I'm sorry. Well, where were you eight years ago when you should have been irritated about it? <laughs> I wasn't irritated. We won the won the Champions League. Well, tell you what, it started to go tits up in 2013. Not not just because we hired Rafa, but because they stopped spending bloody money. I know they did, they did, yeah. And it was a concerted plan. Roman wanted to break even, yeah. wanted to be yeah. self self financing. Yeah. 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 We'll bring the Academy players through, they yeah. said. Yeah. 
they said. Yeah. You know, we'll buy one in, one out, they said. We'll buy potential, yeah. they said. Well, okay, then wave goodbye to being a decent fucking team for eight years. Although, miraculously, look at what we bloody won, which says yeah. an awful lot about the players that we did have there. And I think, actually, also an awful lot about the managers that we had there and the quality of the managers. But the, 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 we are reaping what was what has been sown for those last six, yeah, seven I years. Completely. I agree. Okay, but there is a solution. Yeah. And we are we are observing. We've got solution. Super Frankie Lampard. We've got everything we need. <laughs> I, we have to like change the players because half of them are shit now. But you yeah, get the yeah. point. Yeah. yeah anyway, exactly. enough. Well, of... Will we have Super Frankie Lampard if they do change the players? Well, that's for next happen. season's podcast. Good good yeah. tease, JK. As always, yeah. you tease better than most Chelsea players play football. Anyway, uh, we are going to go to a break. Um, and when we get back, actually, we we can flesh a lot of these discussions out, actually, in terms of what we do need. Um, I, I think we absolutely have to make an honourable mention for that. We didn't get humped 7-2 at home like Tottenham did. Um, and I think we should recognise just how good uh, Bayern are in, in a more granular way than we've done this part. But there we go. Now, before we do that, uh, it would be very remiss of me, particularly as Dean's here, to not mention CFC UK, because Dean, like myself, uh, writes for that fantastic uh, publication, which is kind of on its holidays at the moment. But I think I think there's rumour of one coming out at the end of the month, isn't there, Dean? Yeah, lots of speculation at the minute on um, the WhatsApp group. Yeah, we're, we're negotiating contracts, aren't we? Yeah, it's all about pay increases. Yeah. Do you think I can leave on a free after about 10 years? I don't think there's going to be any transfer fees for anybody. I, you know, I've been writing for it for over 10 years now, actually, thinking of it, but there you go. Um, yeah, there may well be one out coming out soon. And of course, you know, the big, is- the big issue, no pun intended, is, of course, that you can't, can't buy it on a match day because we're not allowed to go. So you now have to get it by post. If you want to subscribe to it, though, and I think that's the best thing to do, then you never miss a copy. You can either do it digitally by going to cfcuk.net, or if you want a proper copy, and why wouldn't you want a proper copy? Uh, you can get it by post, uh, and uh, it'll cost you a couple of quid, including first-class postal delivery. Now, to subscribe and order the real hardcore copy, then you need to email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk, and I think you can pay by um, PayPal as well as other things. But anyway, if you email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk, you can sort out a subscription, and I commend you so to do right in the uh we're going for a break we'll be back in a minute real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to chidge and the boys on the chelsea football fancast total nutters and proper chelsea Football Right, uh, welcome back. Stanford Chidge here on the last kind of proper Chelsea fancast of the 2019-20 season. And to celebrate that fact, if in fact there is, you know, a cause for celebration, which I don't really think there is, we have the wonderful Dean Mears. Evening. We have the equally wonderful Dane Whittle. Hello, everyone. The engine room of the back room of the Chelsea fan cast, these two. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And the, uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, some people think it's it's Chidge at the wheel of the Chelsea fan cast, but they would be wrong because actually the last person on the show tonight is, of course, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, who is definitely the wheel, the accelerator, 
the uh, never the handbrake, I have to say, and the indicator lights. And the winger. Is, is that a part of, a, of an automobile? The winch button. Have you got one in your car? The windscreen winger. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but I love him anyway. My God. I'm just thinking, how many, how many seasons have we done together now? I don't know. How many? I don't know. Not as many as it feels like. Uh, right, now, back to the football. Uh, You're undermining your own status in this. You are the, you are the glue. You I'm humble, the, mate. You are the cement. You are, without you guiding us, I we know. would be... And interpreting. I love the fact that I've made about four statements to, so far, and you've gone, what you're actually saying is, every single time. Because I'm a psychotherapist, mate. Yes, consider yes, this, yes, consider this yes, free therapy, Jonathan. And I've just agreed. A few times I wanted to go, no, I didn't mean that. I, I do this with my clients all the time. So what you're really saying is... What you're really saying is, yeah. yeah. Okay, and that'll be another another 50 quid. Thank you very much. Um, another? Well, have I paid you already? I didn't realise. Good, you've hypnotised me. I have. You haven't paid me yet, no. no. Anyway, no, moving swiftly along... No, um, I, I can't remember how long Jonathan's been on this kind of double header with oh, me. Very, I very actually, actually, I I think it's pretty much since the days when Chelsea stopped spending money. I wonder if there's a correlation in that. In, in what way? Well, when we got rid of Doctor Mar in about 2014, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, that must have been it. Yeah, well, I guessed it, didn't I, at the uh, at Putney Station? Well, you did you did the TV, and that was in 2013. Well, it was before that then, my first one. Oh, yeah. you were on well before that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like you know, the Chidge and J.K. show, which is what this is also known as. I never ever think it along those times. No, sorry, the J.K. and Chidge show. Get it right. No, no, no. Well, the opposite. <laughs> the Chidge show with J.K. as a permanent guest it appears to be. So, oh anyway. no, mate! You're my right hand man, and you know oh, it. Oh, uh, I was fishing. I, I was fishing, chat. Well, it worked. You, 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 just, you just, you just, you've just caught a bite, mate. Oh, anyway, thank you. moving thank on. You. Football, yeah, football, on. football. Um. I mean, we've had a bit of a moan up. Why not? I did try and pick some positives out of it because I definitely think that there were. And I mean, in a weird, weird old chidge kind of sense, I think the biggest positive of all, Dane, was that we did not get our asses handed to us on a plate like Tottenham did at home. We did not lose 7-2. 4-1 is a thumping I can accept. Anything over four and I'm humiliated and, and embarrassed. Yeah, no, well, that's Frank... Frank said, and he was right to compare Bayern to us. They're very experienced, and it's a learning curve for us. If you put their Champions League appearances of them to us, it's it's men and boys. And I, I did think some of the game was men and boys. I I thought Bayern at any point could step up a couple of gears and take her, take any you know anything. If we moved to get within touching distance, I thought they could take it away at any moment. But you're right. It's it, you know it's hard. It so must be so hard for them. You know. To go into a game, three 0 down, they believe they're going to win. But there's so many injuries, so many players out, and I think in some aspects, yeah, they can hold their head high, and they can only be excited for what's going to come. Because if you can't get excited about, you know, the attacking players that's coming in, if we can include Havertz in that, and what Frank's trying to do, then you might as well pack up your bags and go. Um, thanks, Dane. Dean, I've got a question. I had a bit of a kind of tiff with Ollie Glanville. I mean, maybe Tiff's a bit too strong a word. A difference of opinion, maybe, I think. There's probably a better way of putting it on Twitter after the game. Ollie was apoplectic with rage at Frank about not uh, bringing on subs earlier and bringing on the youngsters. If I just remind everybody who we had on the bench, as I said, I think they just about managed to put a first team out. And and that's loosely put, given that Hudson-Odoi started very infrequently recently, Emerson not at all. 
And he had to play four at the back to accommodate that, I think. And we talked about that on last week's show. Let me tell you who's on the bench. Um, for some reason, we had two goalkeepers. Or maybe, maybe that's just making up for Kepper. I don't know. But Cumming was on the bench. Obviously, Rudiger, Tomori, Giroud uh, were, you know, people that you would consider getting a game. Well, actually, recently, you would say Rudiger and Giroud. So maybe we had two first-teamers on the bench. All right, who else did we have? Tomori, who hasn't started since the restart. Now we've got Batshuayi, who, you know, he's gone, mate, and we all know that. So who else have we got? We've got Simeu. Matt, half of the, I can't even pronounce half of these blokes. I know so little about them. Simeu, Matson, Bate, Lawrence. He might have got a chance, Bate, I thought, because he's been in, in, in yeah, about... I haven't finished yet. Simeu, Matson, Bate, Lawrence and Bro- Broger, who I know came on in a cup match a while ago. That's one, two, three, four, five youngsters, only one of whom, no, two of whom have actually, you know, got a bit of game time this year. I mean, who who on earth, Dean, is he supposed to bring on? And why on earth would he do it when you're 4-1 down? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was, I was sort of thinking, you know, we've been chasing shadows all game, like, just put someone on to freshen up a few legs. But, you know, after the game and calming down, you know, is that a situation you want to send in a youngster to get maybe their debut or maybe their you know, a Champions League debut, definitely, in that way? You know, is that going to do them any good coming into a game and being absolutely torn apart by Bayern's midfield who did that to the free experience midfielders that we started. So what would they do with a, you know, a debutant in the Champions League who hasn't even played in the Premier League yet? So, you know, sort of Frank's hands are tied by the you know, the subs we put out. You know, we're supposed to have 12 on the bench. We can only put 11 on the bench. Yeah. Even that, you know, shows how desperate this situation was for this game. Yeah. We didn't sign up at all. Definitely. Um, I mean, which is kind of my point. I mean, JK, do you, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have another. Have another uh, uh, rum punch in your exotic location, and we'll get back to you in a second. Yeah, could you? It's a bit, a bit of coconut. I've been hit in the head by coconut. Banana daiquiris, mate. At nine a.m. Only way to live. Oh. Um. Oh no. Well, I will say something. Um, I knew I'd tease uh, it out of you. I will say so. Um, Can't stop a good man. They were on a hiding to nothing, bringing anybody else on. Um, and it, I think they'd have given away more goals and it might have freaked them out rather than... Well, it would have been a humping then, wouldn't it? Great experience, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think 4-1 is a humping, actually. In no, fact, actually, funnily enough, I think the 3-0 was more of a humping than this one was. Well, it was more... Yes, it was a humping and we were lucky to get away we with it. We were lucky to get nil. Yeah, but we have to remember we did lose seven one on aggregate, and at, um, yeah, but Spurs lost seven two in one match yeah, and, at and home. Well, that was because it was earlier on in the season, and Bayern were trying to put the game out of you know they and Spurs capitulated, whereas in this instance it was sort of meaningless because they were already seven one up, you know, so they didn't really need to put their foot on the gas even further because it was the second leg. I don't think there are any any mitigating circumstances here, Chidge. I don't think. No, I, 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 I'm sorry. I think we were dreadful. Well, I don't think we were dreadful. I, I, I think I think that's a that's a an ignorant thing to say. I mean, I know it's your opinion. You're entitled to it. Ignorant. Yeah. Using the word ignorant because I don't think it was dreadful. So the fact that we're completely outclassed. I think. I think. I'll tell you what I think is dreadful. Should I tell you what I think is dreadful? I think. I think the 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 absolute desolation of Beirut last week. I think that's dreadful. 
I think the government's mishandling of the COVID nineteen pandemic. I think that's dreadful. Okay, yeah, but we're talking. I think the, I think Chelsea getting beaten four one. Hang on, I think Chelsea getting beaten. No, no, I won't stop. I'll just carry on. I think Chelsea getting beaten four one by Bayern Munich with seven of their first team out is not dreadful. In our little world, in our little world that we've created by watching football, you can use the word dreadful. We're not suddenly using it. I thought they were dreadful in the home leg. I tell you what, Jonathan, I said this on TalkSport on Friday. I haven't seen Chelsea schooled quite like that, like they were in the 3-0 against Bayern, which coincidentally, I've, fu- I've figured out, this is her- this is dreadful, what I'm about to say now, this is really dreadful. That was the last... In a world view or in a century... In every view, in every view. That was the last match I saw at Stamford Bridge. That that could be the last match I ever see at Stamford Bridge, and it was it was the most humiliating schooling I've seen Chelsea have for maybe twenty twenty five years. That's how bad it was. Ouch. Yeah, I agree with you, and as a consequence, this game was almost irrelevant. Yes, the second that they scored, it was irrelevant, as the, as the Marx yeah, brothers would say. Therefore, our, our revealing how completely inept we were was dreadful. I found it awful. Well, All right, we're using perhaps it's a different consider of the it's the meaning of the word dreadful. It inspired dread, fear. In- <laughs> well, I said you're entitled to it. It's your own opinion. You're absolutely entitled to it. Now, uh, I think what we could also focus on here, chaps, just for a little minute, is, I mean, given what I've just said about the school and we got from Bayern at home, I think they are the best team that I've seen us play this season by a country mile I I think picking up from what Jonathan was saying earlier actually I absolutely agree with him what he was saying in the first part this is a this is a team that's been you know a bit like Liverpool at the moment that the planning has gone into this team they know what they're doing okay they have the clout I mean you know they can pick the uh, who they want in the Bundesliga every year they just cherry pick the best players but they get a few smattering of world class players as well really smart getting Coutinho on loan from Barcelona because you know ridiculous amount of money to pay for him you know they're, they're a really well run football club they've been there forever they know what they're doing although the weird thing is they were absolutely pony at the beginning of the season before Hare Flick turned up but I think it's not just that uh, for me Dane um I I was so impressed with the way that they played their game. You know, I I wrote a thing. Yeah, I I I wrote something that at the time I just thought, oh, this is so good. I've got to use this, you know. But of course, I can't bloody find it now. But what they do that really impresses me is that they they press, they press so effectively. It's like watching Man City and and Barcelona and those kind of styles of play on crack because what they marry that kind of possession-based football with aggressive pressing to win the ball back they have a real as AVBs say they have a real aggressivity about them or what we like to say in England aggression <laughs> match with physicality and they're very direct up front. They don't piss about with like stupid five-yard passes. Mind you, they've got Lewandowski as the best striker in the world. So give the ball to him and he'll score. But I, you know, I love that that marriage of that almost like an English aggressive style physicality with this possession and and pressing. I I, I think they are the benchmark, Dane. And I think if we have an aspiration to play a certain type of football, that is where we need to be going. Yeah, yeah. As I said before, I did think it was a little bit men and boys at certain times and they toyed with us. But you're right. If we take our 
blue tinted glasses off and respect the, the way they are and where they look you know they've got a good setup they buy established players the only one in recent seasons who i think they've taken a risk on was uh davies he come from the mls he had half a season to bed in and this season was his uh main season even nabry you know he had to fail at arsenal bad on loan at west brom come back to the bundesliga he had a really good season they bought him you know they they've got a really good way and it is it's really impressive to watch you know each each player Kimmich on the right Davies on the left pushed up so far up and you'd think we'd, we'd be able to get in behind them but the way the centre-backs and their defensive midfielder just scanned that, that defence and the uh, the deep bit of midfield it, it was so hard for us and it is impressive to watch uh, you do look at the leagues around the Europe and, and look at how dominating one team is uh, and obviously Munich is the is the German one but they are a great team to watch, unfortunately for us. They are indeed. Um, I've just had a lots of uh, debate going on in the Mixler chat room, as ever. Kurt again says, um, you know, I think they're all arguing about, you know, who should be responsible for the transfers. Is it Frank? Is it the board? Is it whatever? I mean, we know it's a joint effort, actually. But Kurt says a manager needs some control over which players come in. I absolutely agree with that. I have to say... Um, I don't know if any of you, I mean, not everybody can read The Athletic because it's behind a paywall, but uh, our mate Liam and Simon Johnson and Don Fyford have written a brilliant article today, really kind of summarising and assessing Frank's first year in charge. And uh, they've got, a, I mean, you know, off the record quotes from, from a source close to, but I mean, you know, these, these, are, these guys are good journalists, so there's a, there's a bit of veracity to that. But it's clear that Frank has an awful lot of say in the transfers, largely due to something that Jonathan and I were saying very early on in the season because of the close relationship he has with Petr Cech, uh, Marina Granovskaya, and of course Roman, uh, who he has a great relationship with because he, you know, because of his days as a player. I mean, Roman he hasn't been in touch with for much of the season, according to this article. But he 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 stamps his authority on the transfers, and I mean there was an example there, and they were saying that. Um, you know that the club have been scouting a particular player for two or three seasons, uh, and you know the agent was involved, and Frank didn't want him, so they didn't get him. So you know Frank has a lot of say in this, and and so he jolly well should. Dean, would you agree with that? Yes, if obviously because he's Frank Lampard, he's going to be given time. So you know, absolutely, your manager should be the one deciding which players he brings in. The problem we've had for the past well since 2012 really is that they've never stuck with a manager long enough to see the players that they want come to fruition in a team you know we could have brought all those players that Antonio Conte wanted and then he walked away after two seasons oh yeah and then you're left with a squad that's no good for the next manager they buy and had three players in their team that played in the 2012 final still playing in their team today I think we had three players in the squad from Conte's squad in his first season still in the team yeah Exactly. Where I saw, that shows the high turnaround that we've had. Whereas Bayern have been consistent in their squad and just buying the players they needed to to supplement that. I t- totally agree with that, Dean. I mean, I think the the point that I'm trying to make about all of this, J.K. and you know, we're bigging up Bayern here um, as a, as as a team to aspire to. Now, I, I can't bring myself to say this about Liverpool, but I think I think a comparison needs to be drawn. You know. He came in, I mean, Liverpool were like eighth the first season he was there. But he's, you know, he's he's clearly come in with a plan. He knows what he wants. He knows where he wants to get to. Hang on. And he's 
obviously been funded to kind of buy those players. Now, the one thing that I've liked about this Chelsea compared to the one that Dean's talking about, the one that you talked about earlier, JK and Dane, the constant change, not buying quality players, there was no plan. There seems to be a cohesive plan at the moment. They've just got to expedite it, right? But I think it, it, it ought to, in which case, revolve around purchases in the same way that um, if you look at Klopp's team that uh, finished eighth, he, he then went and just bought about three or four players who were really classy. Pep did the same, of course, at City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the really class act. But you need to see these. They've got a month, haven't they, before the... Uh, I the think end. it'll take more than one transfer window, mate. It could it take two, the, three. Yeah. We, we may be disappointed by the, the lack of turnaround, in fact. We we may be. I mean, I think, yeah. I think you know, I, I have a hope here. I'd be interested to hear what, what, what the, the chaps say as well. But I have a hope... That, at the moment that I've got a hunch that Roman's kind of got re-excited by it all. I think Roman, like us, was pissed off with the comings and goings of the managers. You might say, well, that's a bit weird. He's the one that fires them. But that's kind of his job to do that. I think given given a choice, he would have rather have had somebody in for a long time making this all making his toy set run smoothly. Um, but I wonder if he is reinvigorated, you know, with, with, with Frank coming on and the youngsters coming on. We know that, that Roman always wanted to have the youngsters coming on. So maybe maybe Roman might see this as a project and see it differently than we've seen Chelsea hitherto. Maybe he'll just, you know, have that patience to see how this can evolve for two, three years, which is what it might take to get to the levels that we need to be. He surely can't enjoy us not being a, a top four well, world club. I think it boils down to this, JK. And this is the great question of the 21st century. Is Roman Abramovich like Jonathan Kidd, or is he like David Chigi? That's that's the question that everybody's asking themselves. So is he is he childish and uh, self-serving, <laughs> or <laughs> is he a deep thinker? See, I would never have gone that low with you, mate. I would you know, never we, have we, gone we, that we, low. Talking about myself. I know you are. I know you are. I'd, I'd have yeah, never yeah. have gone there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is the answer, obviously, and, and yes, we'll see. Of course. Of course. Should we ask Dane? What's what's the answer, Dane? I, don't <laughs> I was waiting for Jonathan to carry on voice. I so I'm he, completely, I'm I, completely I, away with it. What, I, what was the question again? Well, that is in fact the. I was going to say the answer is what was the question? But uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you do you do you think that maybe you know? This is like kind of Roman Mark Two. We might, we you know, we 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 all know. We've we've all seen enough football to know, you know, with what we've got and where we are, it and where the others are. City, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, these kind of teams. It will take three or four years and very very good transfer windows in the process to get to that level. I think. Yeah, well, you've got. I suppose you've got to look at what's happened in in like twelve to fourteen months. He's brought in a manager who's had one year's experience, though a very much a, a club legend, and given him his chance. He's also brought in another legend, Czech, to be the go-between. So these are moves that he wasn't making before. So to me, that either sounds he's gone two ways. He's either had enough and he's gone, you know what, whatever, you lot decide. Or he's, he's got his taste back and he's like, well, let's do it. Let's try it this way. And the good thing is, that regarding transfers and everything, they've, they've lasted financial fair play at the moment have they no we're, we're, going on at the moment, it? I, it's 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 on hold at the moment 
So he, he's obviously got leeway to spend that little bit extra. I yeah. think he has. I think he's got his mojo back. And it's a shame that he, because as Jonathan has said so many times at the beginning of the season, especially in that 11 game run, we were so good, so good to watch it. It's a shame he wasn't there to see it live himself because I think he would have basked in it. Anytime Loftus-Cheek come off the bench, he looked so proud uh, early on when, when RLC was like coming through, you know, like at like your dad watching his child play for the first time so i think lampard and check has has reignited his fuel for chelsea i hopefully well um i was gonna say you know just to round this up i mean you know because this we could do a whole show on this so i'm 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 gonna and i'm sure we all agree so there's there's absolutely bugger all contention here but you know for me i I mean it's interesting isn't it because what i mean actually it annoys me a bit that that so many uh, actually i think i think we can you know, I think we can now just pejoratively describe them as Chelsea FT. Uh, but you know, throwing their toys out the pram. Well, we bought, we're buying Havertz and Werner and and Zayic, but we need a goalkeeper and defenders and midfield. I, I mean, you know, if they don't think the club realise that, then they need to go and give their heads a wobble. But so I'm hopeful that that's what will happen. But I think, you know, we need more critically, uh, Dean. We need goals from midfield. We need. A spine. I think this is the most important thing. Again, I go back to this Athletic article today. Uh, for one of Frank's constant gripes has been the lack of leaders in in the dressing room, and that means that they're spineless, uh, literally and metaphorically. And you know that means keeper, centre back, central midfielder, striker. That forms the spine of any team. I mean, I know it doesn't have to be that literal, but you know we need four four massive characters as well as as you know quality players i think in those key positions dean to really start forging something that that we can really start going well yeah this is where we want to be going and that's what they need to focus on i think yeah absolutely and the, when we come to the end of 2012 and won the champions league and that those spine of czech terry lampard Drogba sort of started to then be phased out they've reached that pinnacle the peak and then you're looking for that next step I think that's where Roman maybe lost sort of a bit of interest going self-sufficient. And now that's come back, you know, Lampard knows what it takes to be a successful footballer and a successful football team, despite his lack of managerial experience. You know, he's been at the very top level as a player. If you don't think that he knows what we need as a club, then, you know, you need to give your head a bit of a wobble because he knows more than anyone what this team needs. And, you know, I've got every faith that um, the club are going to buy the, the the right players that we need in those positions. And if you didn't think you needed a goalkeeper, you wouldn't be changing the goalkeeper in between the season. You wouldn't constantly be changing the centre-halves and you wouldn't constantly be changing the midfield because it's not working. And he knows that and he's, he's trying to solve that with what he's got. He's absolutely going to go out and, and try and get the players. Whether the club will spend the extra that, yeah. might ask for because they know we're desperate for those players is another question. But, you know, definitely they're going to be looking at those targets. Mm. JK? Um, well, I'm just reiterating what, what I was saying, really, which is um, we know what the players, we know what the position is with the uh, um, the, the requirement for the, 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 the team to uh, become a combative, competitive source. Um, and obviously the club will know that too because they're, they're the professionals. It's just... Um, how long it takes them or what the political situation is within the club or whether 
financially they're making offers and people are taking the mickey or um, I, I just wish that we wouldn't be associated with players who are not very good as somehow being um, the panacea, the answer to all our problems. You know, like like stones. Red, was it Redon? 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 Or what's his name? Rondo. Yeah, this, Rondo. This, this, this other, yeah, this other guy as well. You just think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I think what will happen is is that they'll choose players that, as they did with Zayech, that um, uh, uh, that we it, it'll come out of the blue. You know, it, it, it'll be something all right. The Werner one was revealed and I, I got my kit off accordingly. Um, but the uh, the uh, I think there'll be other players that there'll be bids for and they'll just appear as Chelsea players. And it won't it, there won't be this this bizarre um, frenzy on on social media setting the whole thing up. It'll just be the business will be done and we'll then have that flair or not. It might be happening at the moment with a couple of players and the same thing. They're too expensive. It's not something that Frank sees working. You can be sure there is a massive stuff going on yeah. in this uh, in this month, Rob. Absolutely. Do you want to add anything to that, Dane? I thought I already did. Oh, you did, didn't you? So I came to you first, didn't I? That's very good. Okay, in that case, we shall finish that there. Uh, we've got part three coming up in a minute. Uh, and we're going to have a, a look at William, uh, who uh, has kind of officially announced that he's he's off ski with his little open letter to the fans. I think it was today or yesterday. I can't remember now. But uh, uh, I, for one, am sorry to see him go. But uh, we're going to get into all of that. And then we're going to have a, like a final kind of wrap up of what we think about the season uh, this season. Because it's been an interesting one. Now, before that, um, if you want to hear about lots of other interesting seasons where... Jonathan, if Jonathan thinks he's having a bad time now, he can he can remember what it used to be like, uh, and having to watch the likes of Kerry Dixon. I mean, what, watching Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Ball, John Bumpson, Gary Chivers. Well, maybe not Gary Chivers. Colin Pates and Paul Cannaval. What was not to like about those days? Well, it was just the 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 inability to be consistent. Yeah, I, I take that back about Gary Chivers too, because I love yeah, him to pieces. He's a sweet man, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but just, just, to, just to fill people in, the Dixon-Speedo combination was one of the great joys of my footballing life, of watching football, is that they were so good together. It was fantastic. And Dixon was just... is it, Suddenly a goal scorer appears... The ability to find the corner of the net yeah. or just a, a glide or straight through, make the decision. The well, decision. He'd almost be Kerry now playing in um, uh, playing playing in in this standard. It's his ability to hit the ball first time to make the decision. There's no controlling it, pissing about, playing it left or right. It's just there's the chance, bam, in the corner. Well, loved him for it. Yeah, and if you want to hear about those guys that I mentioned, uh, I've been doing this brilliant. Well, it's a while ago now; it's about a year ago since we started doing them. Now, but uh, we've done a whole load of interviews with some great Chelsea players from the past, uh, of the ones I've just mentioned, and we call it the Chelsea Special. And if you want to get hold of that, then you can download them all at chelseaspecial.podbean.com for a small charge. They're two pounds ninety nine each. Uh, we've paid all the players to, to, to interview them and there have been some other costs too, so we're not just trying to rake in loads of profit. In fact, far from it. Probably probably not even in credit yet. Um, and we just think that's a reasonable price to play anyway. So go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com. You click on the buy single episode now and then you can listen uh, and you can just go through the pay the, the paywall uh, after that and then you can download it and listen to it as many times as you like. 
ChelseaSpecial.com is the website. At Chelsea underscore special is the Twitter handle. And it's on Facebook as the Chelsea Special. And the other thing to note about this, as Jonathan will know very, very well, is that um, when appropriate, you know, I'm, I've managed to, you know, take a few quotes out of some of these Chelsea Special interviews and put them in the body of our 50 years of Chelsea, haven't I, JK? Seamlessly, Chidge. Seamlessly. I'm good at he what says, I do, no, some. We, we discuss something and he goes, funnily enough, I've got something that Kerry Dixon said about that. And then he's in, he, he, or I've got something that uh, that uh, Colin Pate said about that. And he just plays it in. Have you enjoyed, you've enjoyed that, haven't you? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Well, there's more to... What I loved the other day was when we were talking about something and you said, funnily enough, that's what the players said. Yeah. Like, oh, the deduction I made of the series, the yeah. players agreed with. Oh. Because the funniest thing of all, of course, is I don't have the time to clip these things out before we do the show. So I, so the boys are doing this blind. They've not heard the clips at all when I do the show with them. So it's absolutely true what JK said. But, they're, they're, yeah, so, you know, you get a bit of a taster in the 50 years... Uh, you know, series that we're doing of what some of these blokes have said, but they've been really open and revealing to us. So I do commend them to you. They're great fun. Now, after this break, as I said, we're going to come back in part three. We're going to talk about William, William, even. I mean, seven years, you would have thought I'd managed to get his bloody name right. William. Well, mate, he calls him Willem. Still. Willem. Like Glenn Hoddle, mate. Are you mates with Glenn Hoddle? Is that who you're talking yeah. about? I bet him. He was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be back in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am your uh, resident, Mr. Stamford Chidge. Uh, I've got, of course, the uh, equal resident, which is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Indeed. And uh, we've got, uh, as I said, you know, the two chaps who keep all of this ticking over for us, actually, without whom we'd be well stuffed. Mr. Dane Whittle, who looks after our Instagram account. Evening. 
and Dean Mears, who, uh, apart from sorting a lot of stuff out on the website, by the way, actually, you need to check out, we, D- Dean has got a weekly column on a Monday called, uh, what is it, Dean Mears Musings, Monday Musings. Monday Musings, yeah. Yeah, which is well worth a read. And of course, Dean, uh, I should, I'm going to stitch him up like a kipper now. It is Dean who picks the email of the week these days and publishes it on the website. So if you're upset, uh, please uh, direct your ire to Dean Mears, not he to me. He when I ask him. Yeah, well, he's a clever boy. He'll go far. All right. So um, talking of clever boys that have gone far, um, I think it is time for us to say obrigado, William e adios, uh, because dear old William has... Uh, has done what we all knew he would do, which is to say he's severing his ties with Chelsea after seven years um, at the club. And I, for one, well, it's kind of mixed feelings, isn't it, I suppose, in a way. I mean, I'm I'm sad to see him go. I think he's been a loyal servant. I think seven years for an overseas player is a, a pretty long stint these days. You know, there's no doubt, you know, we can grumble about the fact that he could have done better. But I think that, you know, his... Uh, his legacy will be very much on the plus side, not the negative side. Although there are plenty out there who will disagree. I think a lot of people are quite marmite about William. Um, I'm not. I'm always being a fan. I think he's. I think he's always, like he said in his little letter to us. I think he's always given a hundred percent, pretty much. I mean, I, I will never forget him for the season where everybody down tools, apart from William. Um, and I think he's come up with some pretty crucial goals. And I, I think, you know, the other thing is to put it in the context that we were talking about earlier on, JK. Um, you know, you need to look at the context of, of the teams that he's been playing in. And he's not really been playing in, 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 in the best teams that we've seen in the last 20 years. So I think, you know, overall, I'm sorry to see him go. But on the other hand, I think it is time for him to move on. You know, he's not getting any younger. He was never going to get offered a three-year contract, which is what he was holding out for. Some might say, well, that ensured he would go. And given that we've got Pulisic, Zayic, Havertz, Werner and Hudson-Odoi in the ranks, you know, I think his game time was going to be limited. I think we'll miss his experience, though. But bottom line, JK, what, what in your view is his legacy? Um, a, a wonderfully skillful player. Um, bizarre inability to take corners. Um, I think that's a Chelsea tradition myself. You think so? He just he just sort of logged into that, did he? We've always been rubbish at taking corners. Taking corners. Um, uh, ability to, I think I've tweeted about it, um, turn a game on a sixpence. He would just suddenly um, do something brilliant, cutting in from the... Uh, one of his great attributes was that thing of cutting in onto his right foot and slamming it into the corner which he did on several occasions in various semi-finals and cup finals. Um, brilliant ability to take free kicks that sometimes he was off with it. Sometimes he was completely on the money. Um, uh, I thought he was great, actually. And he could be a bit surly and he could be a bit... Um, didn't like some of the managers, didn't get on with Conte. Didn't, didn't suffer didn't falls, did he? No, he didn't like the fact that Conte uh, didn't like Louise. Louise was his big pal. And I think that when Louise left, um, I think he was on borrowed time, actually. It didn't surprise me at all. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised that he actually deliberately asked for three years so that he could, he could find an opportunity to leave the club. And if he ends up at Arsenal with his mate, well, so be it. But it's a, it's a shame that it now, other than Jorginho, who's actually Italian, we've got rid of our, our Brazilian contacts, haven't we? And I thought um, 
some of them were great. And our attempts to get, once again, Oscar was supposed to be the great player that he never turned out to be. But I thought that William could turn a game and put in some pretty good performances this year. And as you say, in the Anna Cerebris, when uh, nobody was playing well, he was quite brilliant. Um, and, and I'll miss him because he's a, he's, he's a class player and the type of class player that we, we need. In, in, uh, we need to replace him with, a, with another class player. Oh, I think um, we already have, haven't we? Well, uh, uh, well if you say that, that Zayech is the replacement, then uh, yeah, but I'd rather, or even Pulisic, but I'd rather, I'd rather that he was still playing for us. Um, uh, and give his experience to the team. Well, I think uh, I think maybe it's Werner actually, because I mean I know Werner's more of an out and out striker, but he can play on the though. wing. Which is I don't, a... I, I don't get the impression he's the uh, he's a it, it, well I'd like to see Werner play more. It's the skillful aspect. It's the the dribbling aspect. Yeah. It's the Brazilians. Yeah, it's a Brazilian aspect that neither Zayech or Werner have unless you get hold of, a, in, of another Brazilian. You know, Dean, I, I, th- I think there is a case to be said. And I've, I've kind of been a bit Marmite with the Brazilian players that we've had because I think undoubtedly, you know, they've, they've you know... <laughs> It's a bit like, I mean, you know, all of us, you know, all of us are old enough to remember the issues with the Dutch. I mean, the Dutch have always had this issue with their players. They can be very gobby and willful and stubborn and be real troublemakers. And it all goes back to the Cruyff days in the 70s. They've always been like that. And I think the Brazilians can be a bit like that, too. And I think they have been a bit like that with Chelsea. Um, but I have to say, Dean, I think he's you could make a case for him saying he's been our best ever Brazilian signing, couldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, given the, the length of time he spent at the club, what he's achieved. Yeah. You know, every manager picked him because he had that tactical you know, now. And despite being a Brazilian, you think of skill, you think of flair. It was the work off the ball that was so important to Chelsea, especially with Hazard on the other side of the pitch. You know, without him, would Hazard have reached the levels that he reached? Uh, probably not, because... There's no balance of the team without William in it, and you know I think we are gonna we're gonna miss him in the team, definitely in the squad next season. In what way? Just having someone, you know, none of the attacking players right now will do the work that William does going back off the ball. And remember at the start of the season where Aspilicueta was finished and he couldn't play for Chelsea no more, and he was done. As soon as William returned to the team from getting his fitness back, because he missed pre-season, I think. No one was talking about Aspen anymore. Yeah, because he was him. I think that's a really good point, Dean. Actually, and, I, and I'll, I'll pick that up with with you, Dane. I mean, undoubtedly, William, classic Brazilian, loads of flair, loads of skill, can do some amazing things with the ball, can beat a man, can score worldy free kicks, and all the rest of it. Um, but actually, maybe his greatest contribution is the fact that actually, unusually. You know, and if you look, if you, I mean, you know, compare and contrast uh, with with Hudson Odoi at the moment, perhaps unfairly, but I'm going to do it anyway. You look at Williams' work rate, his desire to get back. I mean, I've seen him get all the way back to the penalty area and make last ditch tackles. That is not what you expect of your kind of flair Brazilian player, is it? But that's what he would do willing, willing, willingly, or willingly, if you prefer. Yeah, he definitely divides opinion, William. Uh, obviously, opinions is what make us have a chat about football. But I remember him being being like that, very the work ethic, the energy levels from the very first time yeah. I saw him score two goals against us in the Champions League game. 
I was surprised when we bought him because I thought we was quite stacked in those positions, but obviously quite when when he did come, he impressed me quite soon. I think he's been an overall very good player for us. Hovered sometimes on brilliance, uh, inconsistency, yes, but clearly, you know, he's brought so much to the team and the club for the managers to back him. What's he had six, seven, including hitting different managers, and apart from Sarri's final season, they've all put their hat on him, you know, and you. Remember some of those? Yeah, he did. He does have a world-class performance in him. You remember the Champions League against Barcelona? That one-one. He was amazing. Yeah. Tottenham this season, again, amazing. Listen, if I was a fan of Arsenal, Spurs, or even Liverpool or Man City, I would love us to. I, I would love my team to sign him. He's a good player who would add squad depth to a top teams like potential fifty-game season. I think it's the right time to go because. After seven years, you can get a little bit too stale. And I've no doubt that he will have, you know, maybe one or two more good seasons in him. But he, he's been a very, very good pro for us. I agree with all of that. I think it's an interesting point, isn't it, JK? I mean, you know, do I mean, we don't know where he's going yet, although it's very heavily rumoured that it'll be Arsenal. You, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Louise went there, and I don't think many of us really were that worried because we knew that that Louise would cause more damage than he would would do good at Arsenal and thus it has really proved apart from it has to be said classically Louise he turns up for the big games and he was brilliant against Man City in the semi-final and I thought he he he, he, yeah he took Giroud out of the game as we said the other week but do you fear do you fear William going to Arsenal I have to say I don't I think he's wrong side of 30 and I don't think we've seen the best of him is my view no, I'm not so sure. I think he'll. Uh, I think he's a, he's he's fit enough to um, to maintain that standard. I think he'll do very well if he goes there. And I, I, I honestly think that if Louise had carried on playing centre half for us, we may not have had the same problems yeah. that we we were having. I'm not. I'm a great fan of Louise's. I know he does the odd Rick, but uh, um, I think he's a top class player, Louise. And um, and I think they've realised that as well. They just have to stop him from doing his bizarre. Business of trying to intercept balls, he lets through his. Legs. But you can't because that's that's the nature of the man. But but it's not as doesn't happen as often as it's it's a it's a major mistake and you pointed out. But a large number of his performances, as you say, are are top notch and in particularly in, in games that are very important. So I think he's I think Louise is a is a, a, a still a terrific player. Um, uh, and I think that William may if he goes there, which is very likely, I think he'll. He'll give him a season of competence, more than competence. Yeah. I think I think William's a class act. I think he'll have a season or two of reach high yeah. levels and then he might fall off a little bit. I, my hope is, um, is like so many Chelsea players that have gone to Arsenal, uh, they've they've never really given Arsenal as much as they've given us. I mean, you know, going Gallus was pitiful at Arsenal, hilariously so. Um, I don't think Louise has... You know, Arsenal have finished eighth in the league. You know, Houston, he's... Houston was one as well. Do you remember him, Stuart Houston? Yeah, yeah. He went. Up, he ended up at Man United, though, didn't he? I think he, then he went to. Uh, it was Tom, following Tommy Doherty around. Yeah, he that? was, didn't he? But yeah. you know, um, I mean, there's another. I mean, crisis goes back away. Alan Hudson ended up at Arsenal, wasn't massively successful there. I'd say John Hollins ended up at Arsenal, wasn't massively successful. Colin Pates ended up at Arsenal. You know, all t- we saw the we saw the best of Hudson, we saw the best of Hollins, we saw the best of Pates. 
We saw the best of Gallus. They saw the best of George Graham. Uh, they saw the best of George Graham, but we got Tommy what Baldwin. Man. He was Chidge. What? Yeah, Stroller, good player. Oh. Can't can't argue with that. Although I never saw him play for Chelsea or Arsenal. Well, I saw him play for Arsenal because it was on the telly. But anyway, I I think the same will apply to William. I think that we've seen the best of William, and and they won't see the best of him like we did. But I don't. I agree with you. I mean, he's a good player, and I think I think he will he will improve them. But I think to pay him the amount of money. That they, I mean, okay, they haven't had to buy him, so that helps. But they're going to have to pay him. I mean, their, their wage bill, Arsenal, financially as a club right now, are in the shitter. Why do you think they've just laid off fifty-five people? Isn't so that morally rather indefensible, though. Well, I find Arsenal morally indefensible. Period. <laughs> you know, but the bo- the bottom line is, is that financially they they cannot be in a good place at the moment because unlike us, they're. Revenue stream from the stadium, it's going to really hurt. I mean, it's going to hurt everybody. I'd be stupid to say otherwise. But I think proportionally it hurts clubs like Arsenal more than us because they generate so much revenue from that stadium being full. Plus the fact, you know, they had that wage structure in place with Wenger in charge, which, okay, stopped them spending big on some real quality players. They relied on the strength of Arsene Wenger and success to get them in. Now they're having to pay these players a lot of money. So they're basically getting a lot of mercenaries in there. And look at Ozil, sitting in the reserves on 300 grand a week. They can't get rid of him. So I think I think if you look at it from a business point of view, it's a stupid buy for Arsenal. But that's their problem. Bottom line is, I wish Willian the best of luck apart from when he plays us. Because I like the guy. I think he's great. I met him a few times. He's really... He's a really cool guy. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Big smile on his face. Very... I remember the first time I met him, I was up at Cobham. This is in Mourinho's uh, second tenure. And we were in the press room, the big kind of room they have there, and Mourinho is in there. And uh, we heard William shouting, you son of a whore, at somebody. And then suddenly realised there were loads of people in the press room and he, he just he just absolutely wet himself laughing and was very apologetic. I mean, he said it in Portuguese, obviously, but he's he's a really lovely guy, and I wish him all the best. Just to just to recap on his career, um, and underline what the boys were saying. I mean, he's as you said, I can't remember how many managers he's played for. Let's say five. They've all picked him. So that that seven tells you everything you need to know. He's won two titles with us in 2015, 2017. He won the cup in 2018, the League Cup in 2015, and the Europa League uh, in 18, 19, and. Uh, He's also been uh, our player of the year, I think. Yeah, 15, 16. Oh, no, sorry. It was five managers, seven seasons. Thank so. you. Five managers, seven seasons. He's been our player of the year uh, and the Premier League's player of the year. And he's been the player's player of the year, in, you know, twice. So, you know, if you if you can't find it in your heart to rate a player... I mean, just look at the bloody evidence, mate. And and I know that people will come back to me and say, oh, he didn't go enough goals, he didn't make enough assists. Well, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, he, I think he had 336 appearances, 63 goals, 62 assists. That's all right by me. So there you go. Well, good luck, William. Obrigado, as I said earlier on. Right, um, final bit of uh, the, the football chat, I suppose. Um just some real final thoughts on the season from you guys. I, I think it was Russell um, on on Twitter, Emanalo's Blue and White Army, made a really good post, which I'll I'll I'll, I'll just read out um, because I think he summarised the season. You know, all these journalists you get paid loads of money, Dean, and all you need to do is to put it in a tweet and say this. And I think you saved yourself a couple of hours' work. 
Right, Pulisic injured for nine. I think this is actually the most interesting that came out of this tweet. Really, is the impact that the injuries have had on us this season, which we conveniently forget. But Pulisic injured for nine league games. Kante, uh, sorry, Conte injured for fifteen league games. One hundred and ten games missed collectively through injuries. Transfer ban. Hazard left. Best player. Goalkeeper. The statistically the worst in Europe. That's true. We finished fourth. An FA Cup final. Champions League uh, round of sixteen. Imagine what we could do with the obstacles. And I also found another couple of things that I thought were really good to put into this melting pot. I uh, can't remember who said this. I think it might have been uh, Dean on Twitter as well. Not not you, Dean, the other Dean. He said, friendly reminder that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer inherited a team that finished on 81 points and finished second. He got it to 66 points and a sixth place finish. He then spent 200 million and got a record high number of penalties and then got 66 points again, which I, I think tweet of the week actually than that one. But I mean, this is all the comparison about Ollie and Frank. And then finally, uh, Klopp took four years to sort Liverpool out. Will Frank be given the time he clearly needs? Should he? Is the question, Dane? Oh, yeah, yeah, without doubt. You've got to remember how uh, lenient we all felt. You know, we were so happy when he first took over. But, you know, a lot of us were staying, uh, you know, top 10, top 8, top 6 if we're lucky. And I know, you know, Jonathan's mentioned a couple of times, we went on that 11-game unbeaten run. We played some amazing football. And yeah. just the belief and the hope that kills you. We all got sucked into that. And then all of a sudden, suffered a defeat or two. And then it all of a sudden went, we haven't seen it again that type of the pressing, the pushing, the passing. But as I said, from the very beginning, we was all going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He got us to fourth place. He needs to be given a chance. I, I'm going to, like like Callum, like Abraham, I'm going to judge him at the end of next season. When yeah. He's had a transfer window. Be interesting to see what he does with the goalies and the defence because the attacking intent looks very clear. And listen, he's, he's a in his second year of management, give him some slack, give him some time. Pep was fourth in his first season. As you say, was it Klopp was eighth? Yeah. You know, look at how where they've taken their teams on. So, you know, if it, if it fouls, it fouls. But we'll only know by giving them a chance and clearly the club are. I think, I think it's a really good point, Dean, isn't it? That they, they do say this, uh, you know, judge a manager after he's had at least one transfer window so that you he can, you know, this is not Frank's team per se and I think that's a good point I mean we've all been saying most of the evening and I would agree with this that I think to sort out the the systemic issues that Chelsea have it's going to take more than one window I I, I wonder where you know even though he said earlier on that we think Roman might have bought into a bit of a project here yada 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 he's finished fourth which I think is delivering above expectations no matter what people say they will have spent a lot of money in the summer how much more pressure do you think he's going to be under, Dean, next season? It's hard to quantify, really. You know, I mean, the expectations are going to be more, for sure. You know, I think he would have got away with not even finishing in the top four this year. You know, I think, you know, being Frank Lampard has sort of gave him that sort of free pass. You know, as Dane said, that 11-game run sucked us into this, you know, thing, feeling that, you know, we're better than we actually are. And that's why I'm actually quite glad that the season's finished the way it has, because it's laid everything out on the table that what we can achieve was what we did earlier in the season. What's stopping us is what's happened at the end of the season. The defences are good enough. We need four or five new players to make a new spine and make a new foundation. 
what Frank has in his favour now is the foundation of finishing in the Champions League spots. So when he's talking to players and we're trying to sign the, the quality that we need, we've got Champions League football to offer them as well as this project. You know, what's interesting is what you know Werner and Hakim Ziyech have both said. You know, I spoke to Frank Lampard. He talked me through everything that he wants to do with the team. I totally bought into it, and that's why I chose Chelsea over the number of clubs that probably would have been after these players. Mm. It's clear that he has an idea of what he wants to do. His hands are tied right now because of several reasons why these players don't fit each manager's sort of ideas. Working that out, as you say, is going to take more than one transfer window. But you know, next season, top four will be a bare minimum, I think, in my opinion. You know, if that's going to be the base level above that, you know, sort of getting closer to City and Liverpool is obviously going to be the target next year, and hopefully picking up, you know, a, a cup competition along the way. Mm. Dean uh, speaks as articulately as he writes, J.K. How would you? Uh, I give you the final, final word, the last word, the last word on the Chelsea fancast with Jonathan well, I Kidd. As articulately as I write them, I've never seen you write actually. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to write a blog for us? Talk to Dean; he'll put it up. That's as articulate. But you're very as well. articulate. Can you can you kind of form these mad, crazy ideas that you have? Because you do come up with some kind of elements of genius on this show. Can you put them into a coherent form into a blog? And Dean Dean will publish it. No. You don't. You're not a writer. I am a writer. You know I'm a writer. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why can't you write a football blog? Uh, uh, pass. Um, can I can I just say that? Um, uh, <laughs> Darling, I've got my. I'm writing a novel, darling. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't dirty my hands with your grabby little exactly. bloody website, too darling. Grabby for me, all of you. I'm so sorry. I do apologise. Thank you very much. It's not working for me. Bye. Um. Uh. Uh. I've lost me. I've lost me. My thread now. Sum um, it all up, mate. This uh, season, Frank. Yeah. This. This season. This season. Um. Frank did much better than we expected. Frank, slightly. Um, created a cross for his own back by a rod for his own back I should say mm. um, getting rid of the Christian connotations by um, other religions are available they are available I don't know but I'm not as au fait with them to use a, a French connection uh, with as I am with Christianity um, so uh, I think I think yes he made a rod for his own back by playing brilliant one-touch football at the very beginning of the season, which they could never then emulate with the press. And I don't quite, still haven't understood why they couldn't do that again, because it worked brilliantly and it played to players' strengths like Tammy. Um, uh, and it became peculiar to see Giroud suddenly being part of it because it meant that the ball wasn't being getting up, being passed around quickly enough. Um, but if you watch these top teams, uh, as we watch Bayern, the, what you were talking about was the brilliance uh, of the press in the same way that Liverpool do it. And it's something that Ab he clearly must aspire to. Um, and so, so at the end of the season to think, well, we never thought he'd end up fourth. Therefore, it's great. We never thought he'd end up in a cup final. It's great. And yet there is, as always being a Chelsea fan, this sense of disappointment and what could be. Just because Frank performed at a very high level early on. And therefore there was an element of disappointment as to why he couldn't cope with teams that were very willing to play this this low this low block, um, which they weren't capable of dealing with, um, and it was that was that was a consequence of that was we lost lots of points. But um, 
he managed to get the youth in. He did unbelievably well considering there was a transfer ban. And he clearly, well, we hope he has a plan. He must have had a plan because he's attracted Zayic and Werner. And Pulisic um, is possibly um, a, a world-class player in the making. I thought that was one of the great positives of the season was to see Pulisic, um, once he wasn't injured, absolutely take everybody to the cleaners. He has that great ability to run into the penalty area. You see players being absolutely scared about touching him because they're going to foul him. What you need, of course, as with Hazard, is somebody, is referees to back him up. He is absolutely skillful. But you need, for the team to work for me, it needs to be, they need to be players defensively of that calibre. And so he has to um, put the, 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 the club's money where his mouth is and make, the, make next season work. The pressure is on if he buys two or three other players because then he will have to deliver. And I think he'll be capable because it will be his third season as a, uh, as a professional manager. So I think it's, um, I think, and we stick with him. I think the club are going to stick with him. As you say, I think the Czech appointment that we've talked about before was, was very important because it gives a bridge with the board and Marina. And they must always be looking. They've got a very intricate scouting system there. They must always be looking for better players. And I think now is the time to implement it. Um, and we, uh, is, you know, it, uh, will this lack of financial fair play now make, mean that, that um, uh, Roman has more of a, of a dip into the market? I mean, having looked at all the players we could be getting rid of, all these players whose loans, um, the clubs want to buy them are out on loan, it could mean there is not only, um, as Roman wants to have a dip, there is this fund of money anyway. So uh, we could be buying, I, I reckon we will, that the, the, the wonderful desire all of us as Chelsea fans have is to see some top class players come in and absolutely improve the squad so that we then challenge the top three. And I reckon with with really subtle, excellent purchases, it'll happen. But as you say, we've been saying in the, in the show, it may take another couple of transfer windows before it happens. But in the meantime, surely he will buy a new goalkeeper. Surely they will buy at least one central defender. And then it may, and a, and a fullback. I'm have asked for three already, but that already would make me happy, and and I, something that Frank could work with, and uh, so I think next season is uh, uh, is a very uh, great possibility, is a very positive, and the bedrock for it has been created by this season. So I think thumbs up for Frank. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I just to kind of echo what what you said there. I, I think I I think it's all as always. It's about time, isn't it? And you know, when we, we started the show tonight with with eminent people, you know, who know more about football than I do, saying we need to replace the entire defence. And and we've all seen enough football for enough years to know you, you just don't ship out your entire defence and replace them. It's just impossible. Well, it's not impossible, but it's very, very rarely done. And that, that should be the clue here, people. It's going to take one two maybe three transfer windows to to sort all of this out and that's what i mean when i say it's about time i mean it's also about time because you know who knows how patient roman's going to be the one i'm going to go back to this again if if you if you you know i'm not trying to flog you the athletic here but if you can somehow sneak in there and have a look at this article that liam and uh, simon johnson and don feifel did three very good journalists i have to say and they really know chelsea and they've got good contacts there. The other thing that came through all of this is, is is what else Frank has brought to the club, which means all the stuff not on the pitch, the stuff that we see. 
It's the stuff behind the scenes. His man management, his communication skills. He's like a breath of fresh air. He's hugely respected. He's won everything at the club. He bleeds blue. He gets it. He's got an open door policy. The players like the training, whereas they hated it last year. He he bothers to watch the youth matches. The, you know he he is he doesn't have he doesn't have to, he hasn't had to buy into being Chelsea. He is Chelsea, and he's impugning or not impugning imbuing everybody with with that that sense of what it's about to play for Chelsea and that enthusiasm, and and that you know that includes managing up as we've said through Marina and and Petr Cech and managing down, you know. So I think I think. A lot of the good work and the effect that Frank Lampard has on Chelsea is stuff we don't see, but I think is equally important. And I think if you put that in the context of the chaos and the prima donnas and the self-serving parasites we've had managing this club over the last six years, you know, we are we've got to be in a better position with somebody like Frank in there. And I hope I hope they give him the time to do that, Dane. Yeah, what interests me, Chidge, is he's almost, because he's had this one season with the transfer van, he's almost got another, like a blank piece of paper. As we said earlier, there is some rumours that he has got total control over the transfers. So now he's going to be recommending the players he wants to come in. We look at the tactics he's been playing recently. He might not even like the three... Uh, no. for 2-1 but like Conte thought well it just yeah. makes us a little bit more solid so next season will be so interesting to watch he might have yeah. the 4-3-3 three, three, or go back to the, the diamond he played at Derby sometimes yeah. as well I and agree. he's going to have the players he wants yeah. I so to- he's judge next season totally agree I, I think playing three at the back was remedial it was the best way to shore it up and it was a problem he's not a, I mean you know he's not an idiot you know he he, he this I mean okay I I, 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 one of the reasons I didn't like Sarri, sorry, uh, Dean, was that he was just too inflexible. He was too rigid. I, I, I cannot buy into managers who go, this is my philosophy, this is the only way to play. It's bullshit. You have to adapt. You have to in real life. So why the fuck shouldn't you in football? And actually, Frank's clearly no idiot. He's thought, well, I haven't got the players to do the job that I need to do here, so I have to make the best of a bad job, and that's the best solution. That's good management. Conte did it. Absolute master of it. So I have no problem with that. Now... I'm going to wrap it up there because we've got oodles of emails to read out uh, in the next part from Adam Brockle, Jeff Jones, our mate Kendall Douglas, long one from Kendall, Christy Robinson, Alex Duff, DJ House Parry, yes, uh, Russ Saunders, Brian Justman, Vinod, I are loads of them, but they're not all long. So Jonathan's looking panicked, but they're not as long as, <laughs> that's a long list, but they're not that long, but we'll be back in a minute. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com. Right, welcome back. Uh, this, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. It's Stamford Chidge here with Jonathan Kidd, Whoop. Dean Mears, Evening. and Dane Whittle. Hello, everyone. And as I said, we got a bumper crop of uh, emails. A few others came in, as well as the ones we didn't have time to do last week. And the first one, JK, is from Adam Brockle. Adam Brockle. Hi, Chidge, JK, and all. That's Dane and Dean. I'll keep this short and sweet. This is the worst, not being allowed in grounds has hurt. 
That was a game where everything that could have gone wrong did. Conceding a penalty, both our captain and informed player going off injured. The second, I seriously, seriously think, would have scored in the rich vein of form he's in if his hammy didn't go at that exact moment. He's talking about the cup final, obviously. Yeah, and a lot of them are this week, by the indeed. way. Yeah. And an unforgivably poor refereeing decision to send off one of our players. All I want to do after that is feel sorry for myself and the team and rant and rave with a few beers at the Green Man with friends. Luxury. Denied. All in all, though, we've achieved a fantastic season where expectations have been defied. Let's not forget that. Still with Bayern to play, I think it's fair to say they'll be played like an end-of-scene friendly from our part. It'll be played. Uh, let's look forward to next season, which promises much more. Enjoy the off-season. Adam. Yes, I agree with that. Everything he says about the uh, final. And, uh, yes. He nails it, doesn't he, really? All right, nothing. Right, here's the lovely Jeff Jones. Uh, this is also talking about the, uh, as I said, there's quite a lot of FA Cup final related emails because, of course, we're about a week behind because we had so many one week. But uh, he says, my words have found me. It's a conspiracy. It's not anti- Anthony Taylor's fault. He was just following orders. Arsenal, as shitty as they've been, are still a global brand. It benefits the FA and the Premier League for them to be in Europe. We already finished fourth, so there was no way we'd win the cup. Fuck Arsenal, fuck the FA, fuck Anthony Taylor, carefree Jeff J, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. The other thing that you forgot to mention, Jeff, just to add fuel to your tin foil hat and your conspiracy theories, just to make you go a little bit more mad. Of course, the FA Cup is sponsored by the Emirates. And Arsenal is sponsored by the Emirates, so therefore they have to win the FA Cup. I'm surprised you didn't see that. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Well done, Jeff. Hope you're well, mate. Hope you've calmed down now and and forgotten all about it. Uh, And uh, we live to fight another season. Next one, JK, from our mate Kendall. Kendall Douglas. To all my friends on the greatest podcast. Oh, love it. Love it. We love you, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing this show to give us more of what we love, Chelsea. Now that I've had a few hours to digest that cup loss, I've got a few thoughts on the season as a whole and where we, where, and where we and why we're there. I apologise for the length. Number one, with the transfer ban and losing Hazard, Louise, Cazil, Cazil? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cazil. Cazil. Cahill. Cahill. Cahill and Cahill. No, Hazard, Louise, Cahill and Sesk. We were left extreme excore, excore. Jonathan suddenly couldn't speak. We were left extremely thin <laughs> on players that could lead the team and take over a game. From my perspective, the only players left in the squad this season that could be vocal leaders were Aspi and Jorginho, the latter being more of a creator than a leader. Neither of them are the type of player who can really take over a game and control it, and neither can really carry the team and push them to win. Other senior players that were here this year don't seem to be vocal enough to really be leaders either. William and Giroud are just too nice. Number two, youth players have needed to step up into senior roles that are empty and have to go against players that have played top-tier football for years. This this leads to many growing pains and mistakes as they adjust to the speed and physicality of the Premier League. Kepper has been spotty. Kepper has been spotty at best. Well, I don't know about that. He's young. And seems to have no confidence at all of protecting his area. In the Premier League and all other top levels of professional football, a successful team needs to have a strong keeper who's not afraid to go up and get a ball when the box is congested and who will do anything to keep the ball out of the net. Kepper hasn't done that. I'm on Team Big Willie after the last Liverpool match. 
and I prescribe an ointment for his spots. Number four, injuries have kept strong members of our team on the sideline from a for a majority of the season. Kante, Loftus-Cheek, Hudson-Odoi, Tomori and Gilmore, just to name a few. Now add Pulisic, Pedro, William and Aspi to that list. Nearly an entire squad on the sideline with injuries for different parts of the season. Number five, Frank is in his first year as a manager in the Premier League. On top of that, it's for a side that's expected to be in top four contention every year. He went into this knowing he had to adjust the team to, to his playing style and tinker with formation to try and find something that worked in order to achieve that goal. This is why we saw so many changes in formation and players on the field, trying to find what worked best for different opponents. Number six, a global pandemic which shuts the sports world down, meaning players couldn't train together, then have to come back after a few months off and finish the season. Clearly, there would be some rust getting knocked off. Now, all these things being said, I personally thought we could expect to end anywhere from seventh to 10th place in the league. And I didn't think we'd ever run in any cup competitions simply due to lack of experience and depth. But if you look at some of the season's highlights, it paints a different picture. Number one, this squad played Ajax and ended up 4-4 in one of the most exciting matches I've ever seen. If not for an unlucky handball at the end, we would have won 5-4. I don't think I've ever sweated or sworn as much as I did during that match, but I loved it. I probably watched it four or five times now. Number two, we beat Tottenham a couple of days before Christmas, an early present. We beat Liverpool. Yes, that's how I choose to spell it. And Man City. Both games nearly everyone had us pegged to lose. Number three, we made it to the FA Cup final and we're in the round of 16 in the Champions League. I didn't think any of that was possible at the beginning of the year. Number four, who could forget the youth that got us there? Tammy in great form early. Mason Mount solidifying himself as an essential starter for the team. Reese James being arguably our strongest defender. Billy Gilmore making Liverpool look silly. And Pulisic finding himself after the season restart. So for me, looking back, it's been a successful season. Highs and lows as always, but we did much better than I expected. I'm looking forward to the game against Bayern and to the start of next season. We've got some exciting players coming in and the youth have got a season under their belts now. Hopefully players can get back to match fitness so we can field our strongest squad every week. Thanks again for taking the time to do the pod and for reading this. If this stuff clears up, I hope to see all of you at the bridge soon and for a beer after. Up the Chels, Kendall Douglas. Marvellous. I mean, you know, I couldn't have put, yeah, couldn't have put that better myself. Uh, right, this is from Christy Robinson. Greetings, Chidge and Co. I write this on my sunny patio. Looking at the palm trees, I'm jealous. Okay, enough. Stop there. And he says, I write, I write this on my sunny patio, looking at the palm trees waving in the wind and sipping tequila. If my surroundings match my mood, it would be black and stormy instead of tequila, perhaps salt water or vinegar and gall, whatever that is. What a heartbreaking end to a promising restart. I worked at the weekend, so I missed the first half, but when I, ch when I tuned in, we were still tied with a good half an hour left of the play. Then Kovacic was sent off. Kovacic, I have no American bias when I say that when Pulisic, Pulisic went off, it made me nervous. But I had faith in our remaining team. But down to 10 men and tired, I hoped again for a last-minute header from Giroud. I remind myself, just being at the top of the table was all we hoped for at the beginning of the season. But there's still something bitter 
about having ha- having come close and missed and to Arsenal, and I find myself wondering what Ziyech and Werner were thinking as they watched the train wreck. It's a little like inviting guests to your home, clearing uh, clearing it spotless, only to have the dog be sick all over the place just as they arrive. Yeah, but I would say, uh, Christy, that the dog that turned up and was sick was Anthony Taylor, the unwanted guest. Uh, I hope they're itching to get on the field and make a difference. Speaking of differences, why are we not paying attention to our lack of defence? I'm as excited as the next person about... Well, they will be, Kendall. It's Christy, sorry. Don't panic. They will be. Um, About our new players. But someone explained to me why forwards are taking priority right now because those are the deals that are getting done that we know about. I need the experience of older, wiser fans. Well, there we go. You've just had it. Also, for lack of experience, I abstain from making any comments concerning the referee. Probably wise. Uh, I am not yet knowledgeable enough to claim any calls to be fair or unfair, except the egregious double yellow against Cove. Well, I think you, you clearly are knowledgeable enough to know the difference. And we'll listen and learn from the podcast how these decisions might have been reached. I'll have to say goodbye for now. There's a lizard trying to take my patio space. Perhaps I'll name the annoying reptile Taylor. Yes, do. <laughs> yeah, like that. Top stuff. Robin says hello and hope you're all well. Uh, hello, Robin. Uh, physically, at least, we are all a little damaged in spirit, in good times and in bad. Remember, keep the blue flag flying high. Sincerely, Christy. P.S. When, when are we getting Chelsea fancast face marks, huh, Chidge? Now, that's not a bad idea. Uh, what a lovely email, Christy. How lovely to hear from you and Robin, of course. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, look, mate, you, you, you've got it all sus there, I think. Haven't we, boys? Dane, Dean, what do you think of Christy's points there? She's a formal email of the week as well, Christy. Yeah, she made some really good points. Uh, hope she's uh, keeping an eye on that lizard called Taylor. Yeah, good name for a lizard. Yeah. Um, um, I just, would the face mask be of the uh, the Guinness and celery or of your face, Chidge? Uh, my my face and your face. <laughs> Intertwined. Yeah, maybe. In, in hearts. With a bit of celery in between, mate. Oh, lovely. Uh, half and half face masks. Half and yeah. half, half and half face masks. Oh no, 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 no! If it's me and Jonathan, all over the nose and over the mouth. If, if, if it was me and Jonathan, it'd be half and half face masks. Half, half. Uh, don't worry about who I've said should be reading this out because I've got it all fucked up. So uh, yours, yours is the next one, J.K. Dear Chidge, this is from Alex Duff. Hello, Alex. Uh, dear Chidge and the rest of the Chelsea fancast crew, it's Dean and Dane. Hello. Hello. Thank you for your great work throughout the season. Thank you. In a football world going increasingly crazy with bad Twitter takes and ridiculous tabloid rumours, well, they're normally fueled by Twitter, aren't they? You guys have been a mostly, oh, level-headed ensemble, oh, okay, that has brought me sanity throughout this crazy year. I'm mailing you today with one topic in mind, so without further ado, I'll jump right to it. Kepa Arizabalaga, where to begin? First of all, I feel really bad for the lad. Kepa's only a few years older than me, and I can imagine it must be very tough to receive such intense but mostly warranted criticism day in and day out from fans from literally all around the world. A lot of pressure's placed on the shoulders of goalkeepers, and a small mistake by a team shot stopper could result in a conceded goal, a loss of points, or even a loss of silverware. This is unfortunate, as most outfield players can get away with a slip loss of possession or comical error, whilst the goalkeeper cannot. That being said, some goalkeepers like De Gea are known for making errors. I would imagine that Man United fans must come to expect 
a customary De Gea error at least once or twice every few games. However, I would argue that this is not the case for Kepa. Forgive me if I've forgotten, but the only proper error I can recall Kepa making this season was the miscalculation he made against Ajax that led to his retrospectively hilarious own goal back in November. Otherwise, Kepa has always been a safe pair of hands at the back. He rarely parries the ball into a dangerous area. He seldom misplaces a pass, and I can't recall him letting any balls slip through his hands. Instead, it seems as though Kepa is completely incapable of consistently making saves. There have been dozens of times this year when he's been rooted to the spot as a ball flies past his head, only a few feet out of reach. Outside the triple save he made against Liverpool in the Cup and the big last-ditch save he made against Crystal Palace a few weeks ago, he just can't seem to make any impressive saves. In a way, Kepa reminds me of how an outfield player might perform in the net in the Premier League. Reliable with their feet, a decent passer, but leaky like a broken faucet. That's a tap for people in English. Furthermore, Kepa has, in England I should say, Kepa has essentially zero command of his box. I would argue that this could be due to him not having developed a strong relationship with any defensive partnership at the back. But it could also be correlated to why he can't make a decent save. He's horribly unathletic. As a goalkeeper, you've got to be one of the three things. Massive, Courtois. Athletic, Casillas. Or absolutely batshit crazy. Enter batshit crazy goalkeeper here. What do you think, Schmeichel? No, he's not. Um, um, uh, what do you think, Chid? Batshit crazy goalkeeper. Um, well, I think the most batshit crazy goalkeeper I've ever seen is Petr Barotta. Barotta, he was, but he wasn't very good, though. He was just crazy. I mean, um, Dimitri Kari had his moments. He did, that's true. Yeah. Kepa is none of these things. Like I said, I think he's quite good with his feet. But at the end of the day, a goalkeeper's main job is to stop shots. And Kepa simply does not do that. So where do we go from here? I imagine Chelsea's best option would be to stick Kepa out on loan for a year or two in hopes that he, A, regains his confidence, or B, signs on with whichever club takes him on loan. My money's on the latter. I'm not one for speculation, so I don't know who we could get in, in as a replacement. But whoever it is simply has to be world class, I agree. Goalkeepers are perhaps the most important position on the field. And while I'm all for Frank bringing in the youth, I fear that doing so with a keeper, whether we promote a kid from the youth team or sign a relatively young keeper from another team, could be catastrophic for our team. I'd be very interested to see how we would have fared had Kepa saved all of those easy goals he let in. I imagine we'd have secured UCL far quicker than we did. Regardless, next season has to be better at the back, whether that's by bringing in better defenders, a goalkeeper or improving tactics. It has to be done. Scoring goals shouldn't be a problem next season. And if we make the right moves this summer, conceding goals shouldn't be a problem either. Anyway, thanks for everything you lads who do, do for the fun, for the fancast. Have a great, safe, socially distant summer break, and don't forget to don't forget to keep the blue flag flying high. Come on, you blues, up the Chelsea, Alex Duff. P.S. I've already mentally shut out any and all memories of each and every <laughs> loss we've had against Arsenal in a cup final. Alabama, who? Top man, top man. Uh, what did you think of that? Who's that, me? Mm. Um, it's interesting about Kepper. I mean, uh, he says he's been a safe player of the hands. He rarely parries the ball into a dangerous area. He, that's, that's a good point, I suppose. Um, uh, I, I panic every time he he 
he, they do any of that passing in the penalty area just because he just seems to be he does actually kick the ball straight out to players he's done that on several occasions of the opposition i mean um uh he hasn't let the ball slip through his hands because he's not got anywhere near it um uh, but yeah the save making thing is is awful what was the the you had a a, a stat didn't you Chigi? he was the worst goalkeeper in europe yeah from stats at yeah. saving Stats, so, you know, that, stats don't that, tell the whole story, but they don't. But it, because the they don't tell you exactly. Exactly, it's lousy around yeah. him, but nonetheless, it doesn't help, does it? A good goalkeeper can. Be, but be. you, you and I, because we're old hacks, you know, I, I don't, I don't go on stats. I never do. I go on the, 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 you know, the evidence of my own eyes, and I see a, I see a footballer who does not come. I mean, you know, for me, a goalkeeper commands his box. No pun intended. You know, he clears it out. You know, at corners, you know, he takes no prisoners. If you're in the way, you're going, you're getting, you know, you're getting clumped. You know, that's what a good goalkeeper does. He shouts, he organises, he cajoles. That's what good goalkeepers, they they inspire confidence that they are not going to be beaten. They are your last line of defence. He does none of that for me. Like you, Jonathan, I watch and think, oh, shit, 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 it's coming. And boom, you know, and I feel desperately sorry for the young man as uh, Brian Clough might have said. But, you know, this is a tough gig. This is elite football, elite sport. You, if, you know, if you're not good enough, you, you, you don't get a second go. It's as simple as that. And it, I feel for him, but you know, I, I just don't think it's going to work out. I think you cannot go through a season like... I mean, I think his season for us has been comparable cumulatively as it was for Carius and... Uh, who was that other Muppet they had at Liverpool? Madam Cholet, whatever his name was. Mindelay. That's the one. Well done. You knew you knew what I was talking about there, Dane. Mm-hmm. Madam the Madam Cholet reference was the one that did it. You know, I think uh, Mignolet had a cumulatively bad few seasons. Carius cost them the European Cup, but you know, I think Kepa's had an equally poor season for Chelsea, and I think that's really hard to recover from. So, sorry, mate. That's the way it goes. And by the way, um, Alex, I should tell you that this is, this is not the last podcast. No. One more next week, season review. We've all done a big spreadsheet and we're coming we're coming armed and ready. Up from that one, yeah. Yeah, that actually all three of you are on the naughty step because not, not, none of you have filled them in yet. I couldn't find it. I know. I've I've re I've re emailed it to you I today. Know, I've seen it. Thank you very much. Yeah. You've got your order wrong. I've got to do this next one as well. Sorry. I know it's all gone a bit pear shaped, mate. But this is yeah. this is uh, this is what this is the moment that Dane has been waiting for because this has come from Instagram and he's promised this lad he'd you'd read it out in a funny I have accent. To say at the very end, this is from the DJ House Parry, but at the end he says, "So if you all ever get to read this on the show, I need Jonathan reading it with his most hilarious." American accent. Are we ready? No irony there, he says. So uh, what's my most hilarious? Heads off to the Chelsea fancast crew. I listen to a few Chelsea FC pods from my home in Dallas, Texas, but none come close to y'all. No, I'll do another one. I like that. One. That was good. You know that one? But you can do one. another one. Give him a whole mix. The JK, U, JK from US the mix. From the banner to the in-depth and unbiased analysis, I find myself wanting more. Uh, it also helps that your shows are over an hour long, making it a perfect companion for my evening walks dash workout. What else can we do? Have? A New York one. Uh, yeah. But, um, uh, I know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like that. New York. I, I love all your boys, but my absolute favorite is Jonathan Kidd. So if you'll ever get to read this on the show, I need Jonathan reading it with his most hilarious, hilarious, hilarious American accent. No irony there. 
no irony there. Get out of here. Get out of here. I've got to say, that always reminds me of Mickey Blue Eyes and that wonderful, I mean, James Kahn, one of my favourite actors, and, uh, and, and huge, huge grant, huge rant. The, the wonderful scene in Get Goodfellas. Get out of here. That wonderful scene in Goodfellas. Yeah. When, um, when uh, he's winding everybody up. Is it, is it DeVito? And, um, no, not, Joe Pesci. Yeah, Joe Pesci. Pe- what, is, what do you think I'm so fucking funny? And what's his face? God, I can't Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Go, just goes ah, ah, all the time. <laughs> oh, that is that's such a brilliant scene. So brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, I hope they were sufficiently hilarious for you. There DJ you go. Well done. Yeah. It's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank well you. Well done, D. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I didn't mean to interrupt you. There. Well done, DJ House Parry. Well done, DJ JK. And uh, well done, Dane, for f- digging it out on Instagram. Thanks for following us on Instagram, by the way. Uh, Dane, how do people follow us on Instagram? I would just go to the account and follow us. <laughs> well, I knew that, obviously, but I was encouraging you to promote the Instagram page, which I don't understand how to use. Oh, Can I ask a question, though? I keep referring it because somebody's mentioned me, and I then don't know how to leave a message. Oh, that's, a, that's always me. <laughs> Is that just you? Oh, okay, it's always okay. you. Yeah, I always yeah. obviously I always link your name yeah, to each that's show. Right. And I come to it and then I link on it, but I don't. Do I have to click on it and then it comes up and then I can comment on it? Yeah, there is a way. If I've if I've obviously mentioned you or quoted you, then then you can then re put it onto your page. I'll have, yeah, yeah, there is a way of doing it. You like got to press like the arrow to link it. To, oh, okay, and then it goes to, to my uh, page. Does it? Oh, you know, you can link it to your like twenty four hour stories. If, if, oh, if, if I've mentioned you, yeah, no, you have. You know, it, this it's the little circle at the top with the uh, with a little blue circle in there with a cross. That's your twenty-four hours. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, okay. I have I no idea, <laughs> no idea what well, you're talking I'm about. I'm up with it, Chidge. Why yeah. can't you be? Because I just have a mental block with Instagram, take a picture, mate. Take a, take a selfie. I, I am. I am to Instagram. Selfie. It's when you take a picture. Yeah, of yourself. yeah. You know that? I am to Instagram. That as Kepper is to goalkeeping at Chelsea, mate. I tell you, now, I tell oh, yeah, you, no, we're at the Chelsea fan cast, and you know it would be nice. We had when I took it over. I think we 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 we're on nine hundred twenty-four followers now. You know, we're like a little indie cult going on down. Yeah. It'd be nice to get to a thousand, and we will one day. Quality, not quantity, Dane. Exactly, exactly that. Um, but I might as a special treat to get it going because I, I woke up this morning, went for a walk as I do in the lovely water meadows down by Winchester College. And uh, I came back. I hadn't had a shower. I thought I'll go out, get sweaty, come back and have a shower. And I got back and I looked in the mirror and I thought, bloody hell, my hair's gone all perlo. I am the Chelsea perlo, mate. I oh, know it's all, it's all kind of, you know, greased back now. So you can't see that. But this morning when it was unfettered by hair product, uh, it, it, it was flowing. It's all gone perlo. With the beard and everything, I am the Chelsea Perlo, mate. So I might have, I might start a Twitter account. Actually, you're gonna you're gonna dye your beard, Chidge. It would. It would I like nice. the grey in it. Do you? I like the black. Would be more. It just. It would. No, it look. It, it would look no. like a like a sex case, mate. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed? I've got rid of my moustache. Yeah, that's why you did. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. No, 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 no. It wasn't anything to do that. I looked so old. And my daughter kept running away from me. Well, there you go. I rest my case. I QED. QED. Uh, right, JK, um, I'm going to read the next two out. Then you've got Ash and then I've got Vinod. Uh, there are those of you who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who knew it was my birthday last Wednesday and also were very, very kind 
to wish me a happy birthday on Facebook, on, on Twitter, and of course Instagram. I've replied to none of the Instagram ones yet because I don't know how to. That's my excuse. But thank you for them. Really lovely of you. Very generous people. I was, I was deeply touched as I, I did try and say thank you to everybody individually. But I got a lot, so it was quite hard. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyway, I've got a couple more that came in on Patreon. Um, we seem to have lost Russ Saunders here. There we go. There, I, I found him again. Russ says, read the show yesterday. Uh, sick of comments on Kepper. Re his height. He's fucking taller than Casillas, for fuck's sake. And if we're going to talk about Root to the spot for Terence Trent Derby, what about Willie watching the disallowed goal fly in? Fair point. Kepper will be on his way, no doubt, but the defence have hardly been glowing all season, as you pointed out, about their winning goal in the final. Oh, and happy birthday too. Thanks, Russ. Lovely to hear from you as always, my old chap. He's such a happy soul. Russ is a bit... um... He's a bit miffed, isn't he? Yeah, he's but it's because that word. you know, there's no. He, he is at Grumpy in Oz on Twitter. It's not really surprising. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's just absolutely true. Yes, the he, funny thing about Russ, who who kind of promotes himself as the grumpiest person in Australia, if if you've ever met Russ, which we've had the privilege of doing when he's come over here, he's one of the most jocular, hilarious, beer guzzling souls I've ever met. I mean, he's just delight. He's delightful company. So it's just weird, isn't it? How you meet some people... Grumpy on paper. Grumpy on paper. There you go. Change your Twitter handle to Grumpy on paper, Russ. Um, I'll just quickly read these two out because they're very quick happy birthday shout-outs. One is from Brian Justman from Patreon. He says, Oh my, you share a birthday with Kaloo. Lol. Many happy returns, my friend. Keep doing what you're doing and stay safe. Thank you, Brian, and you too. Very sweet of you. And Andy Ike says, Happy birthday, Uncle Chidge. Hope it's a good one. It was. I had a lovely day. Thank you. Really, really enjoyed it. And who would have thought I'm still only 25? It's remarkable, isn't it? Shall I do... Um, uh, Tumbleweed. Uh, Tom, you were 26. I lied. Oh, <laughs> I thought we had an honest relationship with each other. We do, we do. Anyway, this is from Ash Pinto. Good day, Chidge. Hope you enjoyed your birthday, all the celebrations, even if they are six inches apart. What? I don't know what that means. Is it disgusting? Is that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a typo. Maybe it's a typo. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, it six hours apart? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I just finished listening to the latest 50 years of Chelsea. When I heard the clip of Kerry, an idea popped into my head. I'd absolutely love to hear Kerry's views on the season that just ended. He'd, he'd have said it's all down to the players, wouldn't he, Chidge? That was his, that's always his big thing, isn't Oi. it? Oi, players... Win your games of football, not systems. That's my Kerry impression. Very good, very good, Chidge, very good. Um, um, Kerry Gold, that was. Considering everything we have had to deal with, it would be great to hear his assessment of the academy players that have come through the season in general. And, of course, Super Frank. I'll always remember when when you'd ask him an out out Maratta a few years back, he would always say he hadn't seen enough of him or something to that extent. Clearly, he was right in a way. I figure if anyone can make this happen, you are the man for the job. Fingers crossed. Maybe a, a Patreon member only, but I feel everyone deserves to hear the great man's views. Was that correct, Chidge? What that was yeah. yeah. Stay safe. Keep the blue flag flying high up the Chelsea, Ash Pinto. Well, what do you think, JK? Well, we'll have to get Kerry, ask him what he says. Yeah, Kerry will do it for me. But he, he, yeah. he, I can't do a Zoom thing with him. He doesn't do that. I'd have to like bring him up. Just yeah, get a snatch of um, 
get him to say something quickly? No, I'll, I'll, I'll do a, a carry will do whatever I ask him to do because he's an absolute sweetheart. But you I do a, you do a thing with him, do a, an interview with him. But why don't? Yeah, you know, maybe you, we we could both get on. I'm, I, if that, I think you can call people on the phone from Zoom, but if not, we could do it via Skype and we'll jump on the Skype. Skype and, yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll do it for the Patreon peeps. I like that idea. Yeah, talking to Patreon peeps, J.K. and I are thinking of doing a Q&A, uh, you know, with me and him. Great radio, trust me. Uh, but but what I thought we'd... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm underselling it a bit, I know. But what just I thought, a bit, huge. Thanks very much. Well, no, I, I thought what I might do is, is just, you know, in the week off that I have, when there is no Monday show planned, uh, it can't be the 24th because that's my wife's birthday. Um but maybe what we could do is do a Q&A and do it on a Monday evening because that's, you know, we know the Yanks. Well, the Yanks will still be working, but I can't I can't be, you know, I can't help that. But I, I thought what I could do for the Patreon people is we could have them on in Zoom. Do it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get a few yeah. of the others to join in as well if they want. Anyway, I'll think about it. They could, but They could ask questions in the, um, yeah. in the chat aspect of it, couldn't they? Yeah. Well? Totally right. So I think I'd be up for doing that. Maybe a few of the other fan casters around, although they might want a week off and I wouldn't blame them for that. So there you go. Right. Last email. Last email of the 2019-20 season. And it's Vinod. Brilliant. This is. Um, he says, hi, all. Trust everyone is well. Uh, I did some digging. Basically, remember, Vinod is very clever because, you know, when I was struggling to kind of work out what the... Whether, you know, you've got a monopoly and a duopoly, I couldn't duopoly, and I couldn't work out the third. He says it's an oligopoly. He did tell me that on Twitter, so he's very clever, Vinod. And he says I did, I did some digging. Basically, I looked at the squads Klopp and Pep inherited, whom fans consider as the managerial benchmarks of recent times, then compared them to their trophy-winning squads. Just sending across the data, you might want to use this when you assess Frank's performances. Bear in mind these are managers who came with CVs that outshine anything that Frank can muster. Few observations, though. It's not just what these team managers have brought over the course of their tenure, but the number of players they have let go is staggering. It's 15 in the case of Klopp and 18 in the case of Pep. Granted, these include veritable nobodies, but that was the makeup of the squad they inherited. We need to start giving our managers a lot more rope, not just the club, but the fans as well. I really feel for Sarri. He was given a bad rap by a lot of the fans. Though, to be fair, some of the football under him was utterly dire and he actually left on his own terms. I do wonder, though, which players will need to be replaced over the course of the next two seasons. It's clearly a major task. Take care. Up the Chelsea. Best regards, Vinod. And basically vindicating and underlining everything that we said earlier on about needing to have time, needing to have a clear out, and it's going to take a long time to do that. I thought, well done, Vinod, for summarising all that up. I'm going to put Dean on the spot here. Where is he? See, I, I lost you there because I've got the I've got the emails over your face. I can't actually see, but I can now, Dean. And my world is the better for it. Which is which is the email of the week this week? Uh, it's going to be Kendall. Yes, week. yes, right answer. Because I was going to say that. I listened to last week's uh, podcast. Well, I got a bit of stick for the email of the week. Did you? I don't so remember I that. Up. Yeah, there's a bit of a comment in the, in one of the emails about being thanks for being picked. Oh, what in Mixler? No, on the email. Yeah, <laughs> well, I I unpublished it because we didn't read it out the week before. Yeah, yeah, I did. I should have told you that. Mia culpa. 
Um, well, well done for choosing what I would have also agreed is the email of the week, Dean, just to show that we're all on the same page on this show. Oh, yes. Right, you lovely lot. Um, that, I'm afraid, is pretty much all we've got time for uh, this week of weeks, the last kind of proper show of the season. Uh, as I said, we will be back next Monday uh, for our final show of the season. Uh, it'll be our season review show. Uh, we'll be rating the players, the manager and the board, announcing our pick for player of the season, goal of the season, best and worst matches and results, and comparing this season to others in Chelsea's history, which I, I thought that'd be quite a fun thing to do because it's quite redolent of a few seasons from the past in my book. Anyway, we'll have a stellar lineup of myself, JK, Tony Glover, Dan Silver, Marco Worrell, Alex, the girl who likes Balls Churchill, Martin Wickham, and quite possibly Dean and Dane. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's a definite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Clayton, although he's a bit of an injury doubt at the moment. And uh, Mark, me and I need to chase. And you never know, maybe some more surprises as well. So it'll be an absolute humdinger. The, the idea is that as it's, we're all going to be in there, it'll be chaos. But I don't mind that. So I intend, I intend there to be beer and other, other beverages, you see, <laughs> as that will be appropriate. Jonathan can have a cup of tea. Uh, as uh, as that, you know, appropriate kind of for an end of season knees up, which is the kind of feel that I want. We have we've not been in the pub together for a while, so let's just bring the pub to us, is what I say. So there you go. So look out for that next week, uh, and of course look out this week for the next instalment of our Fifty Years of Chelsea series, which this week features the nineteen eighty six eighty seven season, and you will have me, Jonathan, of course, Tony Glover, and Dan Silver talking all about that, and that will go out at the end of the week. And of course, Chelsea Fancast, as you all know, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And uh, also you can get this app by CFC Blues, which hosts all the Chelsea podcasts. It's a great app. If you have them all in one place, you can do it easily on this app, as they tell you here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, very quick shout out. As, as you know, a few messages came in from uh, Patreon this week and uh, very welcome they were too. Um, I know Patreon gets a bit of stick and I can understand why. Uh, look, you know, it cost me a bloody arm and a leg to do this damn thing for years and years and years. So if you want, if you can't buy me a beer or say thank you and you want to support it like this, I've got no problem with that. But I absolutely reiterate again and again and again, there is absolutely no pressure. Nobody is making you do this. If you want to do it, that's great. As little or as much as you want, but most people bung in a few dollars a month. It's a monthly thing, and it really does help. So uh, thank you, as always, to the huge support and love we get for the people who have joined us on our Patreon page and do who do donate. If you want to do so, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. As I said, we're rubbish at providing you with premium Patreon-only content. But we're very busy people, but we're going to try, hopefully, the Kerry thing and hopefully the Q&A. We'll, we'll sort that out just for you lot. Why not? So there you go. But thanks, as always. You've been brilliant. Uh, now, you can follow the show on Twitter, Chelsea Fan, Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Dean at Dean Mears, uh, Dane at DWIT9. Correct, yes. There you go. Uh, and uh, who else have we got? Marco at Gate17Marco, Joe at Joe Tweedy, Clayton at Goalie59, 
Tony at Gross Jet UK, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, Dan at Dan Silver 73, Liam at Liam underscore Toomey, and Alex at CFC GWLB. And as I keep saying all night, don't forget to check out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts, which are all at Chelsea Fancast. Dean, lovely to have you on the show as always. You've been on cracking form tonight. Yeah, great to be back again. Yeah, enjoy it all the time. Good so, stuff. Yeah, well, see now, now you and Dane have broken through. You see from the academy. I, I suspect, I suspect next season. Now you've proved you can cut it at this level. I expect you, no pressure, obviously, to be a more regular feature of the shows going forward and to uh, impress us with your dazzling skills and uh, articulation, Dean. Yeah, more goals and assists. I think that's what the fans always want. Yeah, but I think it's been a bit like Tammy, mate. I think like Tammy, it's been a damn good start. And uh, same, of course, goes to you, Dane. Always a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Oh, yes, an absolute privilege to come on and talk about Chelsea with you guys. Uh, just regarding Instagram, yeah, if anyone actually does ever send a message to you, Chidge, don't worry, you know, he will always get it. I'll just screenshot it or send it on to him. Yeah. I'll only ever like things, uh, but I'll always send it on to him. He does get it eventually. Yeah, because he's not capable of figuring out how to access it himself basically so, I'll so you he's gonna yeah, dane's gonna give me a tutorial but i said it, it, uh, that will only happen in a pub when beer is involved and seeing as we're not allowed in pubs at the moment that's a bit long off but dane does he does he whatsapp them to me such a sweetheart he says i've got a message you gotta read it out you know and I'll, I'll whatsapp it to you and he does it's brilliant so dane apart from all the shows you've been doing and by the way you two boys will get you on for a few of these 50 years now we're getting into the 90s and so forth uh, but thank you so much for the doing the Instagram account, Dane, and thank you so much for doing all the writing for the Chelsea fancast, oh, Dean. Which leaves just one, you know, one person oh, that we oh, haven't yeah. thanked yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, some people say he he is the Chelsea fancast. Uh, others would say, are they the people I've paid? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know it's not the last I'm show. Of the... Over my shoulder now with these two. Uh... Looking over me, the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Who? Uh, so who? Who would you? You are from behind, don't I? Be tripped up in training. I'm just trying to think who you would be. You are the Willy Caballero of the church. No, because he doesn't really play a lot. Who? Who plays regularly? Who's getting on a bit? Pedro, maybe. Dave. No, he's captain, mate. Yeah, I can't be that. Yeah, it must have been Pedro, but he's just been—he's just left. I know. Ah, oh, but yeah, but Pedro. The end of the for me, is it? Pedro's I'm done his shoulder. Pedro's I'm going done. Back to the chills. Pedro's done his shoulder, mate. But Ooh, yeah. uh, Dean, Dean, and Dane just shouted out Giroud. Perfect, because of course, like Giroud, you used to play for an arch rival in the Chelsea podcast. Yes, yes. And you were bought on the cheap by the Chelsea fan cast because you've got an eye yeah. for talent here, clearly. Yeah. And you've yeah. been a fixture ever since and you're still delivering week on, week on, week out. Even though we try and get rid of you, you're still here doing brilliant stuff every week, mate. What can I say? I, was on, I didn't have a period but I was on the bench, though, did I? No. <laughs> when I, but I was on the, when I couldn't get in. In that I case, I'd here. sack the manager. That's really bad. <laughs> No, Jonathan, as always, it's been just such a delight. I mean, you know, it's such a lot of fucking work, this. But honestly, when I sit here doing it with you guys, and you in particular, Jonathan, it absolutely whizzes by. So well done on another year. We've got one more. Dane, lovely to be on with you, mate. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. One more shot next week. Uh, and then we go to go to sleep for a couple of weeks. It's only, I mean, there's just no break at all this summer, but uh, there you go. You lot in Mixler, as always, you've been brilliant for uh, listening in all year as well as tonight. Uh, we'll do one more show next week for you lot, 
And uh, then, as I said, we'll be having a bit of a break. But uh, until then, well done you lot for listening in every week. You've been brilliant. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.